What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Console Crusade Podcast. Here we talk about retro games, video game news, and as always, Hello Games and their inevitable No Man's Sky E3 conference. My name is E.J. Olsen. I am with Nick Durheim. We are back! Yeah, I don't know about Hello Games ever showing their face again. <laughs> Dude, E3 prediction right off the bat here. Oh, God. We are going to see No Man's Sky and their new update that they've been sending this cryptic audio logs. You hear about this? No. <laughs> Why would I keep track of what is going on in No Man's Sky, a game I've never played and never had any interest in playing. I know. Well, it popped up in my, my news feed, and apparently they've been sending it. said, oh, Hello Games sending players cryptic uh, uh, cassette logs or whatever. And I, I didn't read enough about it to know what it is, but I think it's probably going to be a build-up to something they're going to drop at E3. I promise you we have not seen the last of those fuckers. So what you're saying is that huge painting of Kratos on the side of that building is going to peel back and it's going to reveal whatever's going on in No Man's Sky. And Sony's going to be main stage. No Man's Sky. Blah, blah, blah. It's going to be a giant brontosaurus that you never actually see in the game. You're going to get copyright infringement, dude. John Williams is coming for you. I'm sorry for those four notes, John. John Williams has done every iconic fucking theme song in the last like four decades. Back to the Future. That is a iconic theme song that I, John Williams did not do. And that guy also did a couple other ones. He did uh, the theme songs for Predator also. Okay. I don't know the Predator one. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it's like really cool and like percussive. It kind of reminds me of Donkey Kong, to be honest. Which is, of course, your favorite soundtrack, video game soundtrack ever, right? Maybe. It's, dude, there's a lot of really good ones. I'm not going to get into it right now. That's a different podcast. Uh, All right. Well, so this pod, we're back. It's been, it's been a very long time, you know. It's been like two months. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, at least it was three. three. It's June. It's June. Oh man. We're halfway through the year. Yeah, it's just blowing my mind. But uh, we're back and hopefully we'll be back at it every single week, at least, if not more. I'm not going to make any promises, though. Every week we're back for the foreseeable future. So uh, this podcast, what are we talking about? We're talking about uh, E3 predictions, kind of predictions. Nah, I mean, I don't have anything set in stone as far as like what I think is going to happen. I just wanted to go over the uh, the scheduling. What's What's going on there? What we know is going to happen. What uh, we've heard from the last few weeks from these individual developers and publishers and kind of spitball and talk back and forth about what we think would be cool if they. For sure. And I know we're going to probably inevitably bring up the Pokemon Direct from this week and kind of go in and and speculate on what Nintendo is probably not going to do at E3. Uh, But I've been totally out out of the loop for. I mean, it's been a busy term at school and with work, and it's just been crazy. So I've been pretty much on like zero dark 30, dude. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know, man. But LeBron James posts it every year before the playoffs, and he goes like social media dark. That's where I've been. And just no You're... lifeline to the outside world right now. Does that say something about your the 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 foreseeable future of your hairline? Well, it's all it's creeping, man. Y'all can't see this on the pod, but man, it's creeping, dude. Yeah, it's been stressful, but so you're mostly going to be catching me up. I don't know what's going on. You're going to kind of fill me on the E3 thing, but I wanted to kind of lead off with just kind of catching up on what the hell we've been playing. Uh, I have not, yeah, I've not completely forgotten video games. I've been playing consistently, Um, just nothing terribly new. Yeah, I haven't played uh, really too much anything new. A few notable things, but have you been spending money on video games? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I'm always spending money. I, I'd be spending <laughs> what I'm getting. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I've played maybe three games that I've purchased in the past couple months. I mean, are we talking retro stuff or are we talking like switch? 
No, like two Switch games and then a PC game. And then I've uh, bought a few more Game Boy games for my collection, but mostly just things that I want to check out or are part of franchises that I know are decent. And I would like to like check out what a, a Game Boy iteration of that looked like. And as any collector would tell you, we don't play the games that we buy. If, they, if you bought them for the collection, yeah, they're not getting played. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just different flavors of uh, collectors out there. I know you told me recently that you you imported I Am Satsuna. Correct. You know, I remember uh, one of the guys I listened to, it was one of his games of the year last year, and he said it was kind of a spiritual chrono trigger sort of, uh, not a successor, but a, a homage in a way. Yeah, basically just the combat is kind of reminiscent of uh, Chrono Trigger because it is that real-time battle system with like the overview Remember that, that third person view, then yeah. like a behind the back classic Final Fantasy view. And then depending on everyone's timing setup and their techs they can do, they can do combined moves. So I'm I'm like maybe two hours into the game and I have a party of three different characters. And if two of the characters are free, they can do that X strike attack that I remember from Chrono Trigger. Okay. And it does like an area of effect damage where you target a single enemy, but it does damage to other enemies if they're close by and in like the line of fire. So it does give me that kind of that kind of vibe of Chrono Trigger where you're keeping track of where you are and where your enemy is and then having different lines with the battle as opposed to just like, oh, this attack is super effective against this type or what have you. So last night we were chatting via the Feibu messenger and we were talking about uh, Final Fantasy. I don't know how we got there, but we were talking about Final Fantasy and that you had pretty much played I mean, like nine Final Fantasy games, but never beaten any of them. Most of the U.S. releases, yeah. And the furthest I've got in a Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy X. And I didn't finish that because I had a discrete error or the memory stick got erased or something like that. Some terrible tragedy with my PS2. So is 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 this, uh, is this like an inherent thing that you find yourself experiencing with RPGs in general? Or is it just like, like is I am Satsuna... Are you going to complete this game or is just sort of a dip your toe in and see what happens? It really depends because from what I've heard, it's a shorter game, which RPGs classically can go on forever. Yeah. And that's not necessarily something that I'm trying to get myself into unless it's something like one of the Mario RPGs, because I love all those characters so much and they always have such a, a lighthearted kind of sense of adventure. And that's easier for me to get myself lost into as opposed right. to a Final Fantasy game where it's very either medieval fantasy mixed with like cyberpunk or steampunk. And I just haven't really been able to get into that kind of style before. So it depends on Setsuna because it's, it's giving me more of the classic medieval kind of vibe, which I'm more into than the steampunk. But like I said, if it's a 20 hour game, then yeah, I could easily play that game for 20 hours. Yeah. I think I, I kind of have a similar issue. Um, and I think it's just because when you do the whole medieval, um, and whether or not it's infused, like you said, with some of that weird steampunky stuff, like it seems very tropey and just sort of generic, right? right. So it's hard to want to kind of latch onto that and, and find something to stick out. I've only played Final Fantasy VII, and I didn't beat it, naturally. Uh, it just, they never really appealed to me. They just didn't. To be fair, though, like I've beaten both the Golden Sun games, and those are pretty much direct kind of successors in that kind of genre from Final Fantasy like it is def it's turn based completely it's not real time at all and it's very medieval fantasy kind of vibe to speak to the game's length uh everyone keeps comparing it to Chrono Trigger for this and that reason and you know Chrono Trigger classically people remember this as like this sprawling epic right but it's a 12 or 14 hour game 
obviously you have these multiple endings. If so, you have to you can replay it over and over. And realistically, like you can blow through that game, and it's a nice, uh, succinct little package, which is what I look for when I'm playing a video game. I don't want to play a 120 hour RPG, especially if I'm invested in the in the storyline. I, I just don't have that kind of time to get to resolve the story. You know, right? Uh, I have been playing Fire Emblem. Echoes, Shadows of uh, Valencia. That's how oh, you pick that up. It's a fucking tongue twister. Yeah, I actually had forgotten. I pre-ordered it months ago, and uh, it was like right before my birthday, I think. And I got a little notification, and I was like, "Oh, surprise for me! <laughs> I'm gonna go get a fi- new Fire Emblem game." Uh, and then I realized that the special edition was like still available on Amazon, and for like less than what I got the regular edition for, including my discounts, or whatever. So I was like, "Oh shit." So I, I bought the special edition and had it shipped to me, and so but it was on a weekend. So I got the game in my hands and I had to wait to play it because I was like, I don't want to open this and then get my special edition. And so I had this like waiting for me, just taunting me for like four days. In the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm chomping at the bit to play this game, but as soon as I open it, it's just gonna sit in my DS on my, my nightstand. I'm not gonna touch it, right? Uh, but I've been trying to actually get in and make some progress every uh, every night, and it's it's much different than like especially any recent Fire Emblem games. And we've all heard, you know, they got rid of the weapon triangle and the first time in a modern game that you can't make your own avatar, the last couple of games you've been able to do that. So it's more akin to like kind of the classic Fire Emblem experience. Well, it is a remake of what, Fire Emblem 2, Fire Emblem Gaiden? Yeah, yeah, on, on the NES, which is so crazy to think about that this franchise has been around for three decades. Yeah, I mean, Famicom. Yeah, wild. Uh, it is very, very story driven. Uh it is, it's like playing a freaking Danganronpa game. It's just a visual novel. And then like, oh, I forgot I'm supposed to battle here. But I, I have to say the presentation is very nice. Just just from the text and text menus uh, to sort of the presentation of when an avatar pops up on screen and is talking to you and then how your main character is always on the bottom screen. It's sort of interesting. Um, so you have these back and forth conversations. It's very fluid and very uh, aesthetically pleasing. Uh, and it's fully voice acted which is, is new for a Fire Emblem game. So you can put on uh, auto advance and just turn the speakers on and watch the whole cutscene play out with you know these character interactions, which so far I have not found myself invested in these characters at all, which is kind of a bummer because like I was so into Fire Emblem Awakening and those characters and that story. Well, not so much the story, more, more so the characters. And it makes me really wish that I could go back and play Awakening with these features, fully voice acted, and just sort of go about these interactions the same way I'm doing now. How is the size of the cast compared to something like Awakening or uh, Fates? Well, so far, I'm not terribly far. I am a couple chapters in. My my main band, you start off as a child in the game, and you've got like a, uh, a band of like four, four, five, five different friends, I believe. Um, and you end up with four of them um, by the time you reach adulthood. And you're going through the rest of the game. So you've got you've got like five people in your party initially um, who are supposed to be kind of your core group. Um, I've met three other people so far to add to my my team. You know, I played the first couple chapters and I was like, this game is fucking easy. Because I'm playing on hard classic mode. Okay. Make it as hard as the game will let me right off the bat. Because there's no lunatic mode yet. And it was just really easy. I was blown through people. I've heard that this game is probably one of the harder games that have come out in the Fire Emblem series. So yeah, that's that's what I had heard. And I thought, eh, that's nonsense, that's nonsense. Uh, I get to about the fifth chapter, and suddenly, you know, I have all these level one characters thrown on top of me. And all my characters are like level 10 now, right? So they've they've gone through, they've got a bunch of great items, and, and like 
realistically, I can solo a map with Alm. Just him. Nobody else on the battlefield. I can solo the map so far. Which I did on one map because I would just got so sick of like coddling these level ones. Like they throw they throw a Pegasus Knight and a healer at me uh, in the same chapter. And so suddenly I've got a battlefield with like 12 guys, a couple of reinforcements coming halfway through, and there's nothing. I, I, I kept dying. I could not, you know, of course, I'm not going to let anyone die. I can't. Uh, and so I, I was being kind of compulsive about it. Where I'm like, okay, I need to get them out here. I need to get them a couple of final hits just to grind them up. Keep them out of danger, though. You know, fly them in when I need to. Get them out right away. And I just, I, I did it maybe six times. And I finally said, fuck this. I just soloed it with Alm. You know, I, I had heard from a buddy that the growth rates are just terrible in this game. And I found out pretty quickly, like you, you'll level up and like your luck goes up by one. I honestly, I can't even remember what the luck stat does from any of the recent games. I have no fucking clue. I was like, oh cool, luck plus one. Like that doesn't mean anything to me. I feel like the difficulty is less so because of like the strategy with the terrain kind of a creative level development where you're combating the terrain uh, and your opponent, uh, but also where and how reinforcements come in. I think so far the difficulty has just been, you just have a bunch of weak cast members that you can't do anything with cast members. Like we're at fucking Disneyland here, <laughs> uh, weak party members. And it's just like, do I coddle them or, and, and struggle or could I just blow through with my, my main guy and, and one other person? I'll, I guess I'll kind of see how it goes as I get further in the game, but it, it grew frustrating quickly. And now I feel like I'm playing the game the wrong way. Like, soloing maps. Like, that's not the way you're supposed to play a Fire Emblem game. Yeah, and they might come back and bite you in the ass later. Which I've experienced, you know, uh, especially in Awakening, where I kind of focused on... Krom. <laughs> well, I did I, Krom in my avatar, and, I mean, honestly, by the end of the game, the last couple levels, I was... I'd pair them up, and I'd solo it with, with them paired up. And that worked out fine, because they were so beefy by the end of the game. Mm. But doing that so early on kind of freaks me out. Kind of freaks me out. So... Did you ever finish playing Awakening? No. How far did you get? Were you, were you bored with it? I had like Lucina in my party. That's all I really remember. Yeah, it was pretty boring. Damn, dude, that cuts cuts me to my core. Like I could tell what it was trying to do with like the character interactions, but I just didn't really give a shit about any of the characters. So if I don't give a shit about the, a game where it's about the characters, then I'm not going to really be able to finish the game that that easily. It felt directionless to me. I don't know. Okay, fair enough. I'm just going to, you know, go off and cry. On my own here. Lament the fact that my, my co-host thought my favorite game of all time was boring. Why would I want to go back and play a game with a 3DS, of all things? Well, that's the thing, right? Like We've got the Switch in our hands, but there, I feel like there's just nothing to fucking play for it. Am I, am I crazy? Now that Zelda, the lesser, is sort of, you know, worn off. I guess it just depends on what you're interested in as far as, like, indie titles go. Fair enough. Because there are quite a few indie titles coming out. Like, Shantae just came out uh, yesterday. Did I get a physical release or just digital? Probably just digital. Gotta wait for that you limited, limited run. run games. Ah! Fucking triggering me over here. Sorry. I'm gonna be all over that when they do it. All over it. Which I hate. I hate myself. Yeah, I'll probably be... I mean, the next uh, physical release for an indie title I'm getting is probably gonna be Cave Story. I'm a sucker for that game, though. It's a great I've never game. played that game. Oh, it's fantastic. And the Switch is gonna have a multiplayer version. I don't know about online, but it's gonna have at least co-op multiplayer. Like... Same screen. I love that they're leaning into that. Every, I feel like every game, it's like exclusive multiplayer mode or for the first time, you know, like, like uh, w- w- some of the most recent ones. Let's see. Uh, Binding of Isaac got a, had a local multiplayer mode. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. I still haven't mm-hmm. done it yet, but like the idea is cool, right? Yeah. I haven't done it. I've only played like maybe 
an hour of that game. It's kind of hard to like get into my head, like to figure out what's going on, but it seems like a game that I'd be into. I mean, like roguelikes, it's just the twin stick shooty stuff is like, uh. you know, I haven't played too many twin stick shooter esque games and the ones I have played, I haven't really been into, but I quickly got into Isaac. Like, I haven't gotten crazy about it. Like I can only play for about an hour at a time. I'll pick it up. Like I'll pick it up every other week, put, put an hour into it and like get really into it for that hour. Right. But then it's bedtime. And then it's just not a game I pick up again, you know, cause it's supposed to be this pick up and, and play experience, but I've just never had a, a run long enough that I could get like lost in the run. Okay. I think the furthest I've gotten is like the third floor and there's like a six, I think. I don't know. And then you can like loop obviously. Cause yeah. Roguelike. Yeah. At first it was, it was a little obtuse at first. I like uh, went to YouTube and looked up a bunch of videos like so they could explain how some of these mechanics work. Cause the game doesn't explain these things to you. Yeah. And each like iteration of Binding of Isaac has kind of added a lot of new stuff. I mean, has it been things evolving or are they just adding new content? I think it's, both i'm not really sure i'm obviously i'm not the binding of isaac whiz kid over here but there's binding of isaac that came out in like 2014 and then rebirth then afterbirth and afterbirth plus rebirth plus is probably in there i mean there's just a bunch of like iterations you know yeah that's some nintendo uh naming scheme right there what afterbirth <laughs> well the rebirth afterbirth afterbirth plus new new afterbirth plus I'm just surprised that Binding of Isaac got a physical release on a Nintendo console. I mean, it's very much like child gore with weird religious overtones. That's not Nintendo. Well, initially, that game did not get approved to be sold on Nintendo platforms. If I recall, uh, when they initially set out to sell the game. Right, and uh, then they relaxed it a little bit, I think. Yeah, Nintendo just slowly but surely sort of joining the modern age. In some ways, anyway. Oh god, that's something we we never had a chance to talk about was their online service and the voice chat. We're not going to get into that. We don't need to do that right now. Uh, uh, I, I I said at the top of the podcast that we talk retro games, and we never do. And that's kind of the joke. We never talk retro games for a podcast that says, you know, that touts such a thing. Um, but I ended up picking up a couple of retro games, and I wanted your opinion. Tell me what you got. What you okay. really really got? A couple things. Uh, this might be a little bit of a cop out, but first I was at Goodwill of all places and I got a little bit of a score, you know, they price things based on eBay over there, but there are still deals to be had if you pick up a couple of things and you know, you know what you're looking for. Like there was a copy of, um, Final Fantasy three on the Super Nintendo mm. priced as a loose card, but came with the box, mm. which I th- was like, Oh, that's a steal. I'll get that right there. But the box had a little bit of damage. Uh, it, was, it was crushed and it had no manual. And I said, you know what? I don't want this game so bad that I'm about to drop 50 bucks on it and then flip the box. Like it just was too much of a hassle to think about. So I said, eh, leave it for the next poor soul to come through here. But I did end up picking up Bomberman 64. Classic. I had never played a Bomberman game until Switch. You're going to play the same exact Bomberman game with that one. They leaned, actually, they leaned a little bit heavier into the uh, different like levels. Okay. As far as like verticality in these stages. But uh, yeah, that's like obviously the N64 leaned super hard in the multiplayer aspect with the four ports. Right. And like Nintendo wanted to sell 100 controllers to everyone. So that was definitely a, a really good co-op. Not co-op, but like, you know, everyone just crowded around the TV downstairs, sitting on the floor, killing each other with Bomberman. You know, that was, that was a good, good multiplayer game. Did you play that growing up or did you own that when you had your 64? I rented it. And I think uh, 
I had a friend who had it. Oh man, always the friends who had the games. You know, I only got three games a year. You know, it'd be like I get a game at the beginning of summer when school was out, and I get a game for my birthday, and I get a game for Christmas. Uh, and so, yeah, it was always like, oh, my friend had this game, or like you go to uh, Hollywood Video or Blockbuster on the weekend. We would do the, like the five day rental, like uh, Game Crazy or Hollywood. Yeah, dude. Oh, Game Crazy, man. I don't know if we talked about this on the pod, but Game Crazy. They were they were located inside the Hollywood video. They shared a, a building, uh, at least where we lived, and they would they were the only place that would rent out handheld games. Yep. They, but they they were never for a week. I don't think. I think they were like three days at a time. Do you I'm remember? not sure. I'm not sure. That's where I first played Fire Emblem. I just thought it sounded cool. It said Fire Emblem. Like that looks cool. It's got a sword on it. You know. And and uh, yeah. And then uh, it was funny because you ended up, unbeknownst to me, renting the same copy. And then I went back and rented again the week later and I saw, I was like, I was like, what, Nick? And, you know, being a kid, of course, the only Nick I knew, I was like, oh, this must be Nick, right? Like, actually, the chances of it actually being you who rented it and started to save on the copy I had played, well, it turns out it actually was you. <laughs> and so, you swear it was the first Fire Emblem? I swear to God it was a Sacred Stones. It was definitely the first one. I've never played Sacred Stones. Which we've had this exact same fucking dialogue like 90 times. I still don't believe you. Until I play either of those games now. I mean, it was either you rented Sacred Stones and it was some other Nick, or you rented Fire Emblem and it was me. Those are two options, bud. Those are the two options. And I don't know until I pick it up and play. I don't know if I'll even remember the games. I, I barely remember the game I played. It was so long ago. Classic intro with that Fire Emblem game. I mean, you start out with Lin, you got to defend the village, and then you go and meet uh, Kale. And, uh, well, it was the two knights, and then carrot cake. They're like they are knights under uh, Ella Wood, which is Roy's dad. Okay, which Roy was in the sixth Fire Emblem game, which was not localized. That was, that was the uh, Binding Braid, Blade, binding, Sword of Seals, Binding Blade, whatever. I did not mean to say Braid. I assure you. Is that a Freudian slip? Am I a latent racist? Fr- Freudian? Fr- 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 Freudian? 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 Well, fuck you. Fucker. I'll give you that Freudian slip. Binding yeah. blade. Or the or uh, as my copy is known, the Sword of Seals. Yeah, man. That was a less, cool name, too. Cool. Less cool. Binding blade is so much more epic, I feel like. The binding blade. It's got that alliteration. They both have the alliteration. Alliterations are powerful. Binding blade. I don't know. Sword's just a softer word. That's exactly it. You know what? It's always... Uh, when we try to name this podcast... Uh, let's get tangential here. We had a couple of different ideas. And it was interesting to get your feedback. Because you would think about it, words in a way I never have. And you'd be like... You'd be like, oh, that word. That's, that word's got a nice ring to it. It's, it's a very... Uh, like, how did you describe... A, a, a swap. It's a fun word to say. Has a strong start and, and end. Swap. It plays well vocally. Right. And so that's never something I thought about. So when we're we're like throwing these names out, and it was like, oh, this- like our, our podcast couldn't be called the Slushy Mushers because that's hard to say. <laughs> that's actually a fucking tight name. The right, Slushy this Mushers. New, this is our new podcast, the Irish Wristwatch. Okay, that that's cruel. That is cruel. Uh, I think the original name uh, that we had come up with was Cart Swap. And we're going to talk about mostly retro games, and that well, that that, that was that was uh, ill conceived and short lived. Yeah, we never talk about retro games until just now. So. Until just now, and retro names. I got that fucking Bomberman sixty four. Okay, and then next to it, I saw a little a little uh, doodad 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 uh, 
a box of Game Boy Advance games, and I saw a green label, and I thought to myself, could it be Dragon Ball? Uh, no, it turned out to be like Crash Bandicoot or something. I think. <sighs> what a letdown! But the green label intrigued me because uh, there are a couple of games with green labels that I was looking for. I said, okay. Okay, we'll see what's going on here. Well, I started digging through, and they actually had a bunch of really great games at reasonable prices in the five to ten dollar range. Mm-hmm. Um, they had several of the Super Mario Advance games. Those are all like must have. Oh yeah, totally. I own them all though, so I was like, oh, leave them for the next poor soul. Okay, but I, I did end up picking up Kirby uh, Return to Dreamland or Nightmare in Dreamland. Nightmare. Nightmare. Yeah, pick that up for a few bucks. I have no idea anything about it. Right, I see. I just see Kirby in a Goodwill. Like you, you can't leave it there. You have to save that game. Right. Because you know it's going to be a fucking a top top tier game. It's it's Nintendo. It was the Game Boy Advance. Come on. It's a really good looking cart too. I really like the dark blue and then Kirby with the action pose with the cool bandana yeah. on his head. It's sick. Very attractive. So I haven't played it obviously, but I picked it up. A couple bucks. Good deal. Okay. My cop out that I mentioned earlier was I picked up Kirby Superstar Ultra for the DS, mm. which is a remake of uh, obviously the Superstar. Kirby Superstar. Su- yeah, Nintendo. Super Nintendo. Yeah. Which is like. Such a, an amazing game when you look at it. It's like several classic Kirby games and then all these mini games. It's like this value pack. Yeah. You know, I don't know what they sold it for back in the day. It's like All Stars plus World, like for Kirby, though. Oh my God, dude. All Stars plus World. That is like, like no one ever talks about that. Like in the collector market, it's like, that's kind of a sought after thing, even though it's not terribly rare, I don't believe. But I've never heard anyone just talk about what an insane deal that was. That was like, Two of the best games of all time they just gave you. And then, like, one of the most important iconic games of all time. Why, are you just going to sweep Mario 2 under the rug like that? You know, I, I'm really not a fan of Mario 2. Mario 2 is amazing for what it is. Like, it's crazy that that game was made. So, that was like a riff on Doki Doki Panic, correct? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. But it introduced, like, several important enemies. It introduced Shy Guys introduced like the concept of Luigi being different from Mario in any real way. That's a, you know, I was, uh, I was just listening to a podcast and they were talking about the Mario Kart games and, oh, which one was, I think it, it couldn't have been super circuit. It couldn't have been super circuit. Had to have been before that. It was the first time that Luigi got a different voice. He used yeah, to have 64. This, was it 64? Well, because he used to have the high pitch voice, just like Mario. Well, that was in the Japanese version, too. Right, right. Um, so check it out. Last night, I sent you these screenshots, but I wanted to, I wanted to, to bring one of these up and get your, your opinion on this. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, I was watching a thing, and they're doing a, a trivia, uh, Mario trivia. A couple things here. So Mario, before he became uh, known as Mario, right? We all know that he we, was used to be referred to as Jumpman, right? Well, what I did not know is they also referred to him as Mr. Video. Yeah, the, I knew about that too. The third official uh, name for him, uh, he was referred to in various media, was middle-aged guy. Wait, I thought Mario was 24 years old. <laughs> oh my God. Miyamoto. Dude, dude that you. is oh, that is just the worst. Mario's 24. Okay, Miyamoto is a really sardonic son of a bitch, and I'm I he had he had to have been trolling. Dude, he's like, a troll. I, I need he totally is. I need to know the context of the interview. I wish I could hear him say it. Cause he re, he really is a troll. And he, he says these these sort of sly things and he'll give a knowing sort of look or a nod. I, I don't know if Japanese sarcasm is pervaded the same way as English sarcasm, though. That's true. I probably wouldn't be able to read it. So I mean that's probably why when it got translated, there was no concept of it being 
sarcastic or whatever. Because if you if you think about it, that's a stupid question. Who's asking? How old is Mario? Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> Obviously, he's not a twenty four year old. Like, that's that's funny. Although now that I, you know, I'm a twenty five year old man, and I, to be fair, know a lot of twenty four, twenty five year old dudes who look a lot older than Mario. <laughs> you know, Mario Mario's doing well for being a, you know, an old crusty plumber. Um, okay. Few more bits of trivia. I bring this up because uh, they had a they had a, a trivia uh, fact about Mario Two having to go back to the drawing board because there were like a bunch of like uh, programming errors with like mm-hmm. uh, using the Doki Doki. Uh, I don't know if they used the code, whatever, whatever they did. There were a bunch of uh, issues with like players accessing areas of the game that were never meant to be explored, mm-hmm. and so they had to like kind of go back to the drawing board and whatever. Um, here's a little sum. It's so patently Japanese. Like this is like crude and obviously not like a family friendly sort of thing, but like it's funny and quirky and you'd expect it to be in a Japanese game like this and then totally localized right on out of there was that Peach and Bowser were in the Japanese version of Super Mario Kart were pictured and animated chugging bottles of champagne together. Yeah. During one of the one of the animations. And I had no idea. I've never even seen this before. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that, too. Have you seen the uh, screenshot of this? Yes. Okay, I have to look it up now. I'm going to take it's, a break here, folks. It's pretty funny. But another thing that I was listening to a podcast and they're talking about um, both Mario 2, the US version, and then Link's Awakening, how they both take place in dreams. Spoiler alert. But apparently that was because of influence of uh, Twin Peaks in Japan. Like Twin Peaks is really popular in Japan at the time. Really? So everyone was just biting that like kind of dreamlike style. And then a lot of games are taking place in dreams or using dreams as metaphors. It, isn't that a very tired cliche? I don't think it was as tired in video games because video games were only like 10 years old at that time. And video games having stories was like two years old. So you can reach that cliche in two years. That's a pretty good pace. Dude, Twin Peaks freaks me out, man. I watched that first episode with the in the red room and in the, the small man talking backwards and shit. That, that fucked me up, dude. I was I was out after that. You know, I was like, David Lynch, not for me, bro. Yeah, I never watched it. That seems that's like something that's really up your alley, uh, dude. This this little sprite of of Bowser and and Peach chugging. I mean, that is. It looks more like a baby's bottle, and Bowser's like smaller than Peach. Like straight up, is like half Peach's side, and is like drooling. It just looks like a little baby sucking on a bottle. Oh, dude, some of this art from from old Mario video game manuals so fantastic. Oh my god, this is classic stuff. So anyway, I picked up those games. Like I said, the cop out, the the Kirby game, which I played on the Super Nintendo. I haven't played the remake. I have no idea if it's any good. I'm assuming it has to be right. It's just an updated looking version of the Super Nintendo game. And Kirby games have not evolved since 1994 or whatever. It's not broke, don't fix it? No, totally. Little Babby's first platformer. I mean, fun thing about uh, Return to Dreamland or Nightmare in Dreamland for uh, the Game Boy Advance is that it's interesting in that it's kind of like a Metroidvania. Like you go to these stages and then there, it's a non-linear kind of progression and then there's like a hub. It's very, it's very bizarre. Okay, so Amazing Mirror is the classic. A little bit more uh, linear, yeah, and then it's got that weird co-op stuff. I might be crazy, but I feel like uh, I, when I was younger, I played the Squeak Squad on the DS, and I feel like that was sort of a non-linear. Um, it wasn't like a Metroidvania game, so maybe I'm just crazy. 
but I feel like it was less. It was it was a little more open exploration. Maybe. Well, anyway, yeah, that's 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 all you that's got. Where I'm at. That's all you picked up. That's all I picked up yesterday. Uh, well, I picked up Super Mario uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit, whatever. Arguably the worst uh, Mario Kart game. I wouldn't even say it's arguable. I think it's just it's 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 kind of the black sheep of the family. It's the most unique, I would say, but that's not probably a good thing. Konami Crazy Kart Crazy, Crazy Racers, Racers way better 32 bit racing game. Yeah, with all those iconic Konami characters that everyone knows, like Dracula. <laughs> and then yeah, a bunch of, of what? Like, but we played that in the lead up for our Pocket Crusade. I was surprisingly entertained by it. Because I don't like, like Super Mario Kart. I, I really don't like that game. Going back and playing it is really tough. You can't play Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart, because the drifting is different. I've been playing a ton of Mario Kart on the Switch, dude. I went overboard, Nick. I know, you went dumb. It's been irresponsible. Like we've we've tried playing a few times together, but we've had really bad luck with the whole internet situation. It's been less than agreeable. And I don't know if we can actually join lobbies as uh, just you and I join a, a race that's a a grand prix or a twelve person race. Ah, just irritating, man. And to play online together, like with other people, it's like yeah, we have to try to join up on your friend before they enter a lobby for a for another online match. And it's like kind of like a like playing the lottery. You just hope for the best. You know, back out, choose your, your cart and your racer all over again and hope for the best again. No, I, I, uh, I've been playing that before bed every night and I, I finally accomplished something that I've been trying to do for over three years now, which was triple starring every single cup in that game. Get a cool achievement for that? Nothing. You get a gold card for triple starring. I think it's mirror mode now. I, I think it's mirror mode now. It might've been just 150 CC, but you get the gold Mario, I believe. Nothing for getting all of them. Nothing for getting 200cc, which really took the wind out of my sails for a second. But then I realized, you know what? I triple star 200cc. You know how fucked up that is? You know how long it took me? I, I was losing my mind, especially that last week where I, I could see the progress filling in, right? And I'm like, I've got four cups left. Four cups left. And, you know, it just, it was driving me crazy. Uh, but I wanted to get your opinion. Something you brought up. Uh, in, in one of our Nintendo group chats was that this game might be a little bit easier because of the dual item slots now. Well, I mean, it's going to be as easier as it is harder because your enemies also have dual item slots. True. And then also when you're uh, in first place, it makes it a little bit easier because you get that, you get your first item and it's always a coin. And then you don't get, you don't double up on the same item. So your second item is always going to be a banana or a shell. That kind of gives you a little bit of a strategic leeway in that you can wait until you get a ghost to steal your item or say oh i got a red shell come red shell coming up on me you can pop the coin then hold the banana behind you it's more interesting to pick up an item when you're in first place when there's dual items totally and that's i mean i honestly the more i thought about it i think that's probably the reason that i was able to triple star everything because i i didn't even finish triple starring on the wii u the 150 cc I was like, well, I'm never going to do this. I think it really is. It does come down to those items because, you know, I virtually always have a green shell or a banana behind me when I'm in first place, which you never had before. Have you noticed, though, in Mario Kart that, like, lightning is, like, ten times as prevalent? Yeah, I would imagine it has to do with the double items. I was reading a little bit on what they use to dis- like to determine uh, what items you get. Right. And it has to do more with your distance from first placed than it does your position in the race itself so if someone in the middle or like a certain distance from you is getting like you know triple red shells and then another item they're not going to get triple red shells so it just makes it more likely they get something like lightning 
or stars. I've seen a lot of people have with stars. I tell you what, man, one of the most frustrating things is being in like, you know, racing online, you end up falling to the back quite frequently just because you get with one item. It's different than playing against CPUs, right? You get rained on. It's just, yeah, it's, it's green shell turns into just 12th place instantly. And you don't come back. Um, not usually, but I, I make, you know, my, my valiant effort. I mean, the best you can do is get in like fifth. But that first right. pack, that pack of four is not going anywhere. They're staying up there. So it's kind of it's kind of luck of the draw at the beginning of the race. Like kind of where you are after the first lap is where you're staying. Even less than the first lap, I think. But being in eleventh or twelfth place and pulling a triple red shell or uh, even a star is useless to me in twelfth place. It's useless. Yeah. Also depends on the track. I mean, getting even like a gold mushroom sucks if you're on Rainbow Road. Like when are you going to use that? There's no straightaways. No. Oh, that is Rainbow Road, man. Honestly. I think the the cup with Rainbow Road and the cup with Neo Bowser City, those are the two hardest cups to 200 CC. Those, I mean, I played those cups probably. God, I don't know. I I can't even put a number on it. Over and over and over for a week. Did you get brake drifting down? Uh, brake drifting. Explain this to me. So when you're drifting, you're holding A and your trigger button to to drift. Right. And then if you hold B also, you do a a, a tighter drift. Oh, really? So you can like flutter on the B to like kind of position yourself so you're not sliding off the edge, especially if you're going to get your boost and then you just boost off the opposing corner. No good. Right. Yeah, I've not, uh, I've not, I've never even heard of that. So that's something I'm going to have to check it on the YouTube. You can accelerate by holding Y instead of A, which makes using the heel of your thumb a little bit easier to hit the B button. You know, I noticed that. That's really nice. It, a lot less fatiguing on my big banana hands. Uh, but it does make it difficult to look behind me, which I do quite frequently. Never look back. Never look back. Life advice from Nick Durham over here. Well, anyway, that's that's enough about, about that whole deal. Have you picked up uh, any other games for your, your, uh, your growing GBA collection? Except for Donkey Kong Country 3, which apparently you also gave me, but I don't know <laughs> where it is. It. <laughs> I, I, uh, I did give it to you. It's, it's, probably, it's probably just sitting somewhere and I just haven't seen it. My desk is kind of a, it's a cluttered mess right now. I know I got it for you because I, I remember being at the retro games spot down here in Eugene mm-hmm. and I called you. I think I texted you and then I called you and you were sleeping. And so I was like, ah, cause they had like super Mario land two and they had a couple other things. Um, well, this was a different time. I'm thinking of, uh, an, anyway, I, I remember calling you, didn't hear from you. And then you're like, oh, I don't have that game. And I was like, oh, it was like $9 or something. And you said, oh, that's a good price. So the next day I went back and got it. And then gave it to you. I want to say I gave it to you when we got our switches. Probably. I want to say that sounds about right. So anyway, if you find that copy, you can give it to me. <laughs> totally fair. I can do that. G- give it back to me. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really, I haven't picked up anything for Game Boy Advance because the only things I'm really looking for are kind of difficult to uh, t- obtain on eBay. They always get sniped from under me and they're not something I want to pay $40 for buy it now. I'm looking mostly for the two other Castlevania games that I don't have. Harmony of Dissonance and Aria of Sorrow. Is that going to be the final games, your your GBA collection? Mostly. I mean, besides that, it'd be like obscure stuff that I think would be kind of cool to have. Like there's this weird platforming soccer game that only came out in Europe that I kind of want to buy because that seems like a cool, goofy thing. What about Baktai 2? Baktai, yeah. The other Baktai game would be cool to have also. Do you think that, does that one still come on like a weird solar panel cart yeah they didn't change that till uh baktai 3 on the ds because obviously your, your ds cart can't have a, a weird solar sensor but tell me they made some like bullshit peripheral you could buy and hook up to the 
one of the uh, uh, auxiliary ports. I think if you had the one of the two other Boktai games in the Game Boy Advance slot, it would use no. that. I'm pretty sure. Dude, that's so fucking cool. Like that, what, that was a Kojima joint, wasn't it? Yeah. Humble Roots. Except this is after he be, he was Kojima. Yeah. So very, very bizarre kind of games using a solar sensor to charge up your in-game weapon. Also, it doesn't work what very well fuck? on the SP because the cart's on the bottom. It was like optimized for the cart being on top. So ideally, I would get a I would get a backlit standard Game Boy Advance in the future. I just don't want to be like you and spend way too much money on it. So I, I didn't want to mod my own. I had tried and it just was janky. And I, you know, I want perfection. I want this genuine, authentic original feel right so it took me i bought like three of them before i finally found a seller who used completely authentic parts pads buttons everything even had the original stickers on the back nice and just just worn enough to make it look loved but like could still read the serial number and stuff uh finally got that thing and that i was just oh man feels so nice to whip that out every now and again the my main problem though is the i love the sp's clicky buttons and the Game Boy Advance oh. does not have clicky buttons. They're mushy. I do agree. They're not mushy in the way that like the DS D-pad was. Not the original DS, but the... Dude, the original DS D-pad was also legit. That was firm. That was firm, dude. Oh, stiff. <laughs> you like them stiff, bro. Well, they yeah, were... you gotta get it stiff. Because especially if you're playing Mario Kart DS, you're snaking. You gotta slide your thumb back oh, and forth. You're just God, clicking dude. the shit out of that thing. Oh. Dude, you know what? Next time I'm in town, we're gonna whip that out. I just want to play some old school battle mode on the handheld. Man, I... You know, we'd go on these road trips, three, four hours in the car. You only need one copy of the game and everybody could hop in and battle or race. Yeah, but you'd be stuck with playing, what, Shy Guy? Shy Guy, yeah. Which is still tight. Shy Guy's cool. Come on. And Shy Guy's fucking cool. That's what my brother to this day is Shy Guy. You know, he. My, I didn't tell you, my brother bought a Switch. Right uh, I bought I bought him Mario Kart. Uh, so I, uh, I guilt him into playing with me. But to this day, he still plays Shy Guy. All because of that DS back when he was, you know, a fucking nine-year-old or whatever. Oh, yeah. But anyway, the, the games that I've picked up recently. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Give me. Give me. So I also have Game Boy games and Game Boy Color games, obviously. So I've pretty much got all the Game Boy games that I would really want. Maybe like some other Pokemon titles. But beyond that, it's kind of like just little things here and there. So I was going through and I was picking up games that are from series that I'm fan a fan of. But I've never played the Game Boy versions of. So I picked up Oddworld Adventures 2, which is a Game Boy slash Game Boy Color game in the black cart. Really? How does that game translate to the fucking original Game Boy? Well, I mean, it's a it's a platformer. It's just a side-scrolling platformer. I think I also have the HD remake or whatever on Steam. But then also, uh, I feel like I've rented this game. And I know Trevor has talked about the series... And I know other people who've played the series, but I got a game, Monster Rancher Explorer, which... Oh, the little man! With yeah, the, the weird little man, the weird little, the weird little tongue guy. <laughs> yeah. The eye. Oh, yeah. Little Mike Wazowski, dude. Yeah, so I remember, I remember watching that um, weird children's anime when I was a kid. And then for you, mostly, oh, I got no. myself Croc 2 for the Game dude, Boy my Color. man. Was there a Croc 1? No. There's only a Croc 2 on the Game Boy. Pretty sure. That's even fucking better. So, had to, because you love Legend of the Gobbos. Um, and then, you have to have a Worms game. So, I got Worms Armageddon for Game Boy Color. Classic title. Worms is classic. I love get Worms on the DS, specifically. I play that a lot with Leaf. What's up, Leaf? What's up, man? I got Gex 3 Deep Pocket Gecko. Dude, you just couldn't resist. <laughs> and it says, it says Deep Cover Gecko, but the cover is crossed out. And then they wrote Pocket over it. 
as part of like the labeling. Like that's just funny. Gex tried very hard there in the late nineties. Gex sold really well, actually. One of those one of those rare multi-plat mascots. Yeah, and it was cool. I rented that game several times. Really? Mm-hmm. Was it just like an action platformer? Yeah. Lizard guns and and such. Spinning around, hitting stuff with your tail. I mean, everything you'd expect from like a a later series crash game. Oh, Crash Bandicoot, my main man. But then on a, a complete lark. This is just <laughs> this was just for my own enjoyment. I got Shrek, Fairy Tale Freak Down. No. Oh my god, have you played it yet? I have not. But I remember reading a review in like Game Informer or Nintendo Power. For It was uh, not Nintendo Power. I promise you it was not Nintendo Power. Hey man, they reviewed it a lot of games. There are a lot of Shrek. cool little bits. But bits. yeah, they're talking about how terrible this game is, and there's just a lot of fart jokes and stuff, so um I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know what? Those kind of games, I'd be curious to see the sales numbers because you know they had to have done well. You know, when I was a kid. My mom would buy us these like terrible SpongeBob. They were like 15 bucks. It's just terrible. And they it was like, oh, so my kids cheap. like SpongeBob. Ugh. I, you know, whoever at the game store in good conscience sold my mom a copy of fucking SpongeBob Bedrock Bikini Bot, whatever, you know, like shame on that man or woman. You should have known better and should have told my mom, listen, listen, woman, your child is not going to want to play this game. I promise you that. Here's a real fucking game. Jesus, man. SpongeBob, Shrek on the GameCube. I had Shrek on the GameCube. I still have the disc is still at my parents' house in a like a, the bottom of a drawer full of empty game cases and then just a loose copy of Shrek. Nice. What I wanted to bring up when you started mentioning the Game Boy Color stuff is shout out to Ben Van doing doing God's work. On the internet, he finally has put together a legitimate backlit Game Boy Color. I mean, yeah, mostly. By all accounts, it's like it's it's a complete setup. Like you can't buy a kit and do it yourself. It take it took a lot of work. He's got like custom ribbons and a custom chip or like a board in there. Still using the uh, the Game Boy Advance screen, which is then you have to mask it, which is not ideal. Ideally, you'd get custom made screens that are either the same pixel ratio or are a multiple of that. So you can double up. I think that's what there was like a uh, one from like AliExpress that was getting being sold for a while. Yeah, but that was probably the same one that was uh, like that GB boy. I think it might have been the GB boy, but the the screen was was a a, that's the wrong side. That's the wrong uh, screen ratio completely. Then it wasn't that one because this one was a perfect double, uh, a double the pixel ratio. So you you get an unskewed image. And people were buying this thing for way too much and then harvesting it to make their own Game Boys. I've yet to, I've yet to see an actual picture of one of those. I've only ever seen the AliExpress picture, which those are frequently photoshopped. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to think. Uh, this does not compute. I think he did a video on it, and I don't think he actually got his unit in the mail. So yeah, I guess it could be all hearsay. All a bunch of nonsense. The thing about Ben Vans is they, they, they look and feel great, and the screen is as small as the, you know... Obviously, the uh, SP playing Game Boy games, which was a little bit smaller. Um, and it wasn't a big deal when you're playing on the SB. But yeah, getting the, the mask and having a little border around it, some might find annoying. But just to be able to play that form factor again tickles me. And the ghosting on the advanced uh, screen was a lot less than any of the Game Boy screens. Well, the, the SP screen had pretty, the backlit version had some pretty pretty rough ghosting but not as bad as the game boys the original game boy had horrible ghosting and then game boy color and game boy pocket had better but then game boy advance was still a little bit better but it was still noticeable well i didn't ever notice the ghosting until you get the backlight turned on 
I just, it was as a kid, I never noticed it. And it wasn't until I got my hands on an SP where like, you didn't notice it because you couldn't see the pixels. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Trying to play it by a fucking street lamp through the blinds, you know, trying to find that perfect angle at midnight. No, uh, I remember the first time playing an SP, uh, playing my buddies. I was at basketball practice sitting on the fucking bleachers and he whipped out his SP and I was sitting there in fucking basketball shorts. I was like, let me play that thing. And it made me feel like sick. I couldn't play basketball the rest of the night. I remember being like, this is like my first time experiencing like car sickness. But I came to find out people who feel car sickness is what they feel like. It made me feel car sick playing the SP with the, the bright light turned all the way up and the ghosting on the image. Like it, it was really bizarre. It kind of freaked me out. I was just a wee lad. It was the front light one, right? Um, yeah, the, it was the front light one. Now that I'm thinking about it. It was the um, NES special edition. Dude, that thing was pretty tight. Yeah, front, oh, they never did a, the AGS-101 model with any of the cool colors. Like, they put out, like, crappy baby blue and, like, pink. Dude, those are those are still pretty fly. And to be honest, I got the Onyx one, so I'm pretty stoked about that. That's a, You replaced the, the shell on that bad boy to make it. Yeah, I just gave it a black shell. Because my original one was a graphite, so it had the gray buttons and the darker black uh, case. And then right. the, uh, the 101 with the true backlight had a lighter black and then actual black buttons so i had the black buttons on the black shell for a little bit but then i got some aftermarket red buttons and i still have to get that hinge off but i i was reading some tips on how to actually pop it out without snapping the plastic so what was the issue just the hinge won't come unlodged from the what you have to do is you have to like be applying pressure to it and then moving the uh the lid like back and forth to like find a sweet spot and then it'll pop out easier. Well shit, man. I just, I'm looking at our recording time here and we are, we've gone on quite a bit here and we still have yet to get to E3. So let's spend the next 20 minutes or so. Get me, get me into the E3 fucking mode. You tell me what's going the fuck on right now. Okay. Well, first off, I'm going to peel the curtain back a little bit and let everyone know that we're recording this Friday night before E3, technically Saturday now because we're past midnight. So shit, we don't have anything official because who knows when this is actually going to post. So, but Saturday, later today at noon is EA's conference, which is not actually at E3. It's their, they've done their own separate thing for the last couple of years and they're EA play, EA play. And then Sunday is Microsoft at 2 p.m. And then Bethesda at 9 p.m. Then Monday, is, there's a PC gaming thing event that's at 10 a.m., which they've got several different developers that they're going to be focusing on. And they've kind of mentioned that they're going to be talking about certain games None of which that I'm really interested in, but who knows, some stuff might come out of that. Because for one, they mentioned Xbox being part of it. So we'll see about that. Also on Monday is Ubisoft at 1 p.m. And then Sony at 6, which is kind of, they're going to have a huge thing. Just know it. And then Tuesday, as per usual, we got Nintendo fresh fresh and early 9 in the morning. Oh, boy. So a couple things off the top of my head here. This is going to be really redundant because at the best, this is going up Monday. After the E3 fucking hype machine has moved along and we really? know everything. You're not, you're not going to be able to crank this out tonight? <laughs> At 2 a.m. right now? Probably not. I mean, if I'm lucky, I can get this done tomorrow afternoon and put it up. Busting my balls. Well, so here's the thing. The only thing we're missing tomorrow is EA. So realistically, I can aim to get this fucking thing out before Sunday. And I think you can do it. You can do it. No, no one will listen to it before then, but we'll technically be ahead of the game. Yeah. So sure. Fuck fine. It. So EA, who gives a shit about tomorrow? Who fucking cares? I would imagine you would because you're a Star Wars fan. Oh, no. Those sons of bitches have Star Wars. So there's, gonna, there's, there's definitely going to be a big thing for Battlefront 2. Okay. I would imagine they could possibly do another teaser for the visceral game they're working on with Amy Hennig, which is what that, <sighs> that weird little 
that had that little that little vignette last year. Yeah. So there might be some more progress there. It might be like a little, oh, check it out. They're looking at models on a computer screen. Look at the studio. They're working on it. Ooh. I don't see that kind of shit. Shit doesn't tickle me ever. They've got FIFA, obviously. They got Madden, which I believe Madden this year is going to have a kind of my player kind of story mode. Sort of what they did with FIFA last year, what 2K has been doing for the last few years with their basketball game. About time. What do you think the odds are they'll mention NBA Live? Because that game was supposed to come out March this year. I, I don't know what EA is doing with that because they, they, they hyped up uh, NBA Live back in like 13, I want to say. They paid all that money for a license. They have yeah. to make something. Well, I know, but they, it was such a flop and it was such, it was a, it was critically panned. Yeah, nobody likes it. It just, it was, it was bad. And 2K has, the only gripe people have with 2K is that it's gotten stale, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like they've really taken a step back in 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 six seven years now seven years. It's it's been the best basketball game ever for seven years in a row, and it keeps getting better and better. Well, it's plateaued, sure, but how is how is EA going to come out and try to top that with NBA Live? I think Kyrie Irving, the last game they put out, Kyrie Irving was their cover star, like which which as a sports fan, it's like not only do I already look at the fucking NBA Live as this fucking limp dick of an excuse for a basketball game, you put Kyrie Irving on the fucking cover. Like nothing about this screams buy me, buy me now. Yeah, so I just I just wonder if they even mention it, if they say if they put out a week release then never touch it again, or if they just completely drop it. Who knows? It'll be mentioned somewhere, whether it's officially in a press conference or if it's something they announce and just kind of put out in a press release like post conference. It, it'll make its way in an official capacity, I think, before the end of the weekend. Somewhere on the internet. And then the other big franchise that they've just talked about recently is the next Need for Speed game, which uh, looks very, uh. very fast and furious y. It's Need for Speed Payback. Payback. Or that's Need for funny. Speed Paycheck because they're going to sell a lot of them. Well, you know, that that's a franchise that's always been strong enough and it sells like gangbusters. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's really as strong as it used to be. There's so many other car games that people want to play. Like looking down the line, we're probably going to be seeing another Forza game at Microsoft oh, to great. show off the new hardware. You know, for Forza Horizon did pretty well. They just did that Hot Wheels partnership, was which looked really cool actually. Dude, everyone's doing the, the Hot Wheels partnership. Hot Wheels making a comeback, man. Hot Wheels, they're they're trying to get their fingers back in the game. Yeah, well, they're they're doing the smart thing. Is you know, kids don't want to play with fucking little dinky Hot Wheels cars. But the idea of these, you know, little tiny race cars with all this character, very cool. You know, I can play in a video game even cooler. So good on them. Yeah. So EA, I think, is a is a weird. They're a weird publisher, man. They they develop kind of the same games every year. They're kind of like the least exciting out of all the big AAA producers. I mean, maybe Activision is a little bit less exciting, but Activision doesn't have like a conference. They're just going to be hanging out with Sony because Sony and Activision are like buddies now. That that hasn't always been the case, but like I I always associate Activision with my PlayStation growing up. No, it was it was Xbox. Definitely during 360 era, Call of Duty was like an Xbox title, basically. Well, see, I, I, I was talking growing up, like playing the ps1 ps2 that was a different activision that was before vivendi and the blizzard kind of combination okay the more you know activision has a storied history as we've talked about in our development shimfo podcast yeah i checked it out episode three or episode four one of those one of those episodes (laughs) go fucking find that shit we only have 11 episodes so activision a new hope so you don't see anything like uh out of the blue for electronic arts they're kind of just sports and star wars uh, they're gonna have lots of Battlefront 2. They're pushing the shit out of that because that game comes out in four months. Mm-hmm. 
Right? October, is that right? Or is it November game? It'll be October, November, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. Four, four or five months. They'll give a release date. You think we'll get that locked down? Yeah, and I think they'll definitely show off uh, the single player. That'll probably be playable like behind closed doors, or like they'll have like a booth to play like yeah. a single player mission. Definitely. And we'll, we'll hear more about eras outside of the original trilogy. They probably won't spend too much time laboring on the Clone Wars. Yeah, I just saw a, a picture of Darth Maul facing off with Yoda. Oh my god, that's fucking tight. I love those little what ifs, like... Like, I hope I have a chance. I hope there's a mode in Battlefront 2 where, like, I don't know if you remember the PlayStation 2 game, but Revenge of the Sith, it was like a fucking fighting game, dude. Oh, it was yeah. Like two, it was a 1v1 fighting game. It was like arena fighting game. Kind yeah. Of? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, that would be great if if EA implemented a mode like that where I could just fucking pick a Jedi and just 1v1, dude. I just remembered there is another studio that we have not heard from in a long time, and that is uh, BioWare Montreal. The other Bioware that didn't work, that wasn't working on Mass Effect. The one that did Dragon Age? Yes. And they've okay. been working on a new IP that has like a code name and everything. So there's potential that we could see something from that. Oh man, see if they, if we hear in some capacity here about a KOTOR game, a legitimate, not some bullshit online, not some half-ass spiritual remake like the Battlefront game was not the Battlefront anyone wanted. A legitimate KOTOR game. And if it were up to me, it would just be a fucking remake of the first one. I don't see that. I don't see that from this no. just because I feel like they, I, I mean, they had to know that, that, uh, mass effect Andromeda was not going to do super hot, but that seems like they wouldn't cannibalize that at the same time. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be dragon age related just from what I've heard, like reading about rumors and stuff. seems like it's going to be another kind of sci-fi kind of vibe, or I might begin that mixed up with something else, but I don't know. Bioware, they have made good games in the past that people have liked, but totally. I think it's got a, it's lost a bit of its luster since then. It, it really has. I mean, I, to be fair, Dragon Age Inquisition was like game of the year 2014, like classic Bioware experience, like by all accounts. You know, I don't care outside of the realm of Star Wars. I never played Mass Effect. I know it's kind of like a blasphemy, but I just never, never got to it. Right. You know? That's fair. So, uh, Star Wars, uh, we'll see what they do. I'm not, I don't care either way. Like, I'm going to buy the game no matter what happens. I'm going to buy it come November. And I don't really care what they show. It's it's probably not going to move the needle for me. Mm-hmm. Microsoft, dude. Yeah, moving on to Microsoft. I think <sighs> oh. I think Microsoft has the potential to be the most interesting press conference of the entire week. Okay, okay, because I disagree. I want to hear your thoughts on this then. Microsoft has the most at stake right now. I mean, okay. Sony has, yeah. has had their their lineup sort of projected out there for the pat for the next like three years pretty much and they're strong they're in the lead they have nowhere to go but like down but it doesn't look like they're going to do that nintendo's kind of building up you know speed again they're kind of they've got good mind share right now people are feeling good about the switch there's a lot of excitement for that no one really cared when the wii u was around 3ds was good but it didn't wasn't as exciting so microsoft is kind of like in this weird area where they're still in the game they're putting out new hardware. It, they've been really quiet. They haven't announced anything. And th- I feel like they've got room to make some really exciting announcements with like partnerships with third parties. They've got money for it. They can pay, you know, Activision to make a game be cooler on Xbox or, you know, get the next Tomb Raider game for another year, you know, something like that. They could do a, a DC game. They could do a, a Rocksteady, you know, Wonder Woman game for all we know, you know? So there's, there's a, lot of room, cool. there's a lot of room for Microsoft to make exciting announcements. 
Whereas Sony, I mean, everything they announce is going to be like, yeah, we've heard about that. Yeah, of course, God of War is there. He talked about that last year. Whatever. I think that, that, that could be true. But the thing about Microsoft is they've proven they do not understand what makes a successful console in the current year. Sony, I mean, Sony had a little bit of help the same way that the 360 had help. Sony's had a little bit of help because of, of Microsoft's folly. Okay, they made a few blunders in the beginning. But at this point, you don't reach a two-to-one sales ratio over your op- opponent because of some of some long-forgotten sales blunder you know, before the console was announced. It's the games. They've got the exclusive games. They've got tons of them. They've got tons coming. When, when you have the, the, the parity between the two consoles, it's all about the exclusive experience. And no one cares if you get Tomb Raider for the first nine months. No one cares. It just They don't fucking care. They've got nine better exclusives coming in that window. Multiple games a month to care about that. Who gets a fucking game? I, I, was just, I was giving that as an example. Sure. And then as far as you saying like Xbox lost at the beginning, like, yeah, that's totally true. But Xbox has also had a change of leadership since then. And Phil, okay. Phil Spencer seems like he really understands. Like it's more like Xbox into 360 era of understanding of like getting the, the online infrastructure right and kind of giving the gamers what they want. I mean, look at the backwards compatibility. They've How many games are backwards compatible now? Like several hundred. People like that. People like to be able to totally. access their back catalog. And then the Xbox Game Pass just being announced. But I think that has the, the capability of being a much more enticing feature. Right. I don't think for the average gamer who just wants like great gaming experiences and want to justify their expensive purchase, like the PlayStation is still the no brainer, the most bang for your buck when it comes to content. It just, it it is. I don't see that changing. And so far the scuttlebutt with the Scorpio is all focused on the hardware, which I think is just not the strategy they should be going for. It literally has to be the strategy though, because that is what it is. It's a stronger Xbox. How would you sell it? So I guess I agree insofar as we have new hardware, you have to tout it as being more powerful, more this, more that. I don't need to just play fucking God of, or uh, excuse me, um, Gears of War at 60 frames a second. That's not enough to entice anybody to, to jump over. Like, give me next gen games, exclusive next gen experiences that I look at and I play and say, whoa. This is why I want to own this console over the PlayStation Pro, which still can't run things like fucking Destiny's not going to be 60 frames a second. Like, give us a real reason. It's not just the power. You got to also have the games. And so far, they don't have the games. Every time they've talked about exclusives, it's been talking about, you know, dialing it back. Oh, we're not going to focus on exclusive, our exclusive platform as much anymore. Well, they had, they had to say that because they didn't have any exclusive integration. And that's another thing is I think this is a, a, a stronger step towards unifying Windows 10 and Xbox as like similar platforms. Which as a PC gamer and as someone who owns both current gen consoles, of all the people it should make sense to, I just, I'm like... I think it makes the most sense because they make a lot more money on, every company makes more money on software than they do on hardware. You try to push the, the hardware to sell more software. But if Xbox only has, you know, 25 million Xbox One's out in the world. How many people are using Windows 10? That's a that's a fan, that's a user base that's built in that they can sell to potentially. I guess I guess if they want to kind of make the transition to that side of thing, it just seems like they're they're riding this line. They're they're and they don't really know what they want to do or how they're going to do it. They're just like hoping for the fucking best. Exactly. That's why I think it's the most interesting. They've got the most at stake. That's true. So from that perspective, I agree. I don't think it's going to be the best press conference. Oh no! But I think it's going to be really interesting okay so check it out bethesda you saw 
the rumors are, or sorry, uh, not rumors anymore, confirmed Fallout 4 VR, right? No, yeah, that was, that was shown last year. Was that a whole year ago? Okay. That was at E3 last year. I heard a rumor, saw a little, little ditty about Skyrim VR. Who cares? Um, a lot of people who like Skyrim. Like, yeah, but like, I mean, even Fallout 4 VR doesn't, who cares? That's not a VR thing. That's like, VR is just so stupid. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. So, so Fallout 4 VR is going to be a big thing. It'll be shown off at Sony's stage probably also because Sony has VR. Yeah. That's another thing. Microsoft could be talking more about VR. Ugh, but I, I don't know if that me. matters. Spare me. VR, I, that doesn't move the needle. That's not like a, that's not like a big thing. That's not new either. They've teased two new games this year with their invitation to their uh, conference and they've got two areas under construction. It's like Bethesda land. Oh boy. And so they're going to be putting out um, probably this year, Wolfenstein, new Wolfenstein game, and then a new evil within game. Neither of which are games that I'm familiar with. or really care about. I mean, yeah, like I just, that's, I don't really care about Bethesda games in general. That's how we all fucking feel about those. Doom was really tight. Yeah. Bethesda Doom was good work. going to happen, but it's not, not going to be announced this year. That's got, a lot more time behind it. Yeah. But you know, I mean, a new Wolfenstein, whatever people we want, we want Elder Scrolls. We want a new exciting IP. You're not going to get Elder Scrolls until 2020 something. I mean, they've already said, they've said that. No, totally. Like if you look at the release windows for all the older games, um, and then look at the fallout. Yeah. It's easily getting pushed out. It's going to be 2023 before we're playing Elder Scrolls six straight up. Yeah. We're not going to, we're not going to see anything from Bethesda, like Bethesda Softworks. We're not going to see anything developed by Bethesda. It's going to be from other studios underneath the Bethesda wing. Yeah. So like machine games and uh, whoever's working on Evil Within. Yeah. So as far as that goes, I'm not terribly interested. You know, this as far as the Skyrim VR thing goes, I, I wonder if that's going to be true, if that will be like, you know, it'll be free DLC for people who own the remaster. The thing about that is like Skyrim is this revered game. It's like, it's like, it's like one of the Holy Grails of, of, open world RPGs in a way that fallout four just fallout four came out. People liked it and then it went away. You know, it, it came went as quick as they, you know, possibly can Skyrim is, is like this is, is, has reached this legendary status that there'll be plenty of people who would be glad to spend eight or 10 hours exploring, you know, first person Skyrim in VR as a novelty. And that's why I think if it happens, it'll be free or very cheap for people who own the remaster. And it'd just be more of a, what I think is probably was a proof of concept, right? It was just to get it running on the engine because Fallout 4 is running on uh, uh, an updated version of the same engine. So if anything, it was just like, can we get this thing running uh, uh, on a game that's easier to develop for? And then, you know, so I, I could see it just being sort of a, hey, here you go, wink, wink. It's just so not flashy and VR doesn't show well either. So I just... Right. Um, no, I guess as far as the conference goes, it won't be like a main thing at all. But as far as what I give a shit about, that would be the only thing that would make me go to Best Buy and try, you know, try the PSVR, which I haven't tried yet. That would, that would get me to do it. Cause I've tried like the, I've tried the, um, Oculus and the Vive and those are so much nicer, so much nicer by all accounts. I don't even have a desire to try the PS, uh, VR headset. So I don't know. I feel like PSVR has sold better than either of the others but that's mostly a, a price thing. It's prohibitively expensive to have a VR capable computer. And then also setting up either a Vive or a Rift is very like it consumes a lot of space. I mean, you're looking at a minimum $3,000 investment when you're looking at a PC, the headset, 
with all the extra little accessories you need and then software. I'd say closer to two grand at this point, but even then like PSVR, all things considered is a $700 investment. If you want to get the, the, the VR and the PS4 itself and then the games are, you know, they're whatever they're $60 games, but they're 10 hour experiences at most. Yeah. Well, isn't I mean, isn't the Vive uh, an $800 machine? And then you're looking at a VR capable PC. You're looking at a, a $700 graphics card right there. I could do VR on my computer. 970s and up are capable of VR. But I wonder at what quality. I'm curious. I mean, there's there's diminishing returns in quality because they have to aim for the lowest common denominator because nobody has a 1080 Ti, you know? That's a good point. That is a good goddamn point. Sure, they could make it look awesome in that, but they're not going to. Speaking of PC gaming then, that's the first conference Monday morning, yeah? Yeah, bright and early, 10 a.m. On a Monday, everyone's going to be hungover after Bethesda. Which is why this is at 10 a.m. on uh, uh, Monday morning is no one cares. Yeah, and it's like, it's just going to be little, probably like more like indie stuff. You're probably going to see something about PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds and whatever. I just <laughs> whatever. put it down there because we both have PCs and just like, we play a lot of video games on PC, but I don't know if we're necessarily the same crowd as like someone who's into PC games. Right, definitely like, not. Like no, neither of us are playing Dota. We're not playing like command and conquer total war you know any of the really pc yeah. centric games command and conquer is that a game still i don't know but yeah pc gaming there might be something little cool i, I just thought it was interesting they note they noted the uh developers that were kind of in line with the pc gaming show and uh xbox was on that list so i was thinking maybe microsoft xbox talking more about yeah pc integration having more like you know, pop an Xbox One game into your disc tray and you can play it on your PC. Uh, well, that would that would honestly really appeal to me. I could because I get to buy, I get to, as a collector, I can have games on my shelf, but I can also play them to the full potential on my PC. That would be honestly that would win E three for me. Maybe that's I'm being hyperbolic. Maybe not that, but that would be really fucking cool to find out. And I, I don't think that's extremely likely, but that is like a thing that would be hype. I mean, of course, there's no exclusives, so it doesn't really matter. But the, the idea of moving further along in five years, Microsoft could be the exclusive machine. I doubt it, but you never know. Uh, and so that would be a really cool step forward. We'll see what happens. Fuck. Ubisoft, man. Give it to me. I, I have Ubisoft is a new EA. They're, they're trash. Their practices are trash, have been trash. No. Come on. No. Ubisoft is probably, in my opinion, maybe the least bankrupt morally company out of all of them as far as like they're still game developers they still make interesting new titles they put out for honor which is like a bizarre arena fighting game kind of moba thing like that's really bizarre and interesting they do the tom clancy games which are i mean all their games are pretty samey i would say like far cry and assassin's creed which are getting new titles this year they kind of feel the same and they kind of have the same control and vibe and like gameplay loop. But I mean, look at EA, EA's sports games and star Wars games now, and they do battlefield. They have their shooter and they have a racing game, but I think Ubisoft, I think has the most interesting, uh, they're the most likely to have weird out of the blue release releases. Like they announced last year, they announced steep at E3. There's a snowboarding paragliding extreme sports game like oh god that's weird right that's that's what you announce when you have nothing to fucking announce 
Are you kidding me? I just mean the, the drawing the EA comparison. Uh, like they 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 shovel out this reproduce mass produce fucking drivel that it makes them money. No, I know, but it's it's it got to That's a point. What Activision does, and then they start doing shady fucking things. Where like. Uh, review embargoes that don't lift until eight hours after the game is released. And that's Bethesda. No, Bethesda doesn't send our review copies, which I, is a practice I fully support. But having an embargo on your game after the release date, like I know more and more companies now refuse to even take a review copy if, they, if there's an embargo like that. Well, yeah, because if they are trying to do it timely, they just buy the game. Right, right. And just say no to that embargo in the first place. So I have said it's totally fine for EA to do that too. I think reviews are they were in the past a marketing tool and they don't need that anymore. They're big enough to have commercials. Why would you need marketing from some dinky gaming website? Who cares? Well, I'm talking about uh, Ubisoft especially was, was had the Assassin's Creed incident from several years ago. They did that. And it was just like, it's just, it's just shady and not consumer friendly. I, I get it. I like, think it was weird in French. Well, I don't want to necessarily associate those two things together. I've never met a French person, bro. So I don't know. That's not true. Holy crap. I was going to say you have. Holy crap. She was weird. <laughs> she was a strange woman. And French. Damn. Well, that's how stereotypes are made, brother. Right there. You meet, you meet one, and that's it. That's it. All <laughs> French people are weird? No. <laughs> Honestly, Ubisoft, man, like, I'm excited to see what, what Assassin's Creed has done. The leaks so far make it look really not great. It just looks like more of the same. Like, you needed three years to do another copycat game. We'll see. We will see. Egypt sounds like an intriguing setting. Is that still uh, on track for they're going to have a big a big announcement for that? I'm assuming the release date and all that. You think is that yeah where we're headed? It'll be coming out. It'll be coming out this year. Okay, cool. Well, our Far Cry Five has uh, been announced for next year, February, I believe. Okay, Far Cry Five looks legitimately intriguing. I am about that. Looks weird. I don't know how the Far Cry formula works so well in a less exotic, animal-ridden location because a lot of what I've seen other people play a far cry games it's like you're fighting a tiger and then right. fucking mammoth you're, you're you're sicking a mammoth on an outpost of crazed barbarians but now it's just white trash cultists <laughs> hey man i got no problem with putting a couple of virtual bullets in some cultist head so you know i'm just saying like as far as far cry 5, what makes that game far cry 5 and not a tom clancy game or a, another assassin's creed game like that's a good question. We'll find out. Hopefully we'll find out more, you know, come Monday and they'll, they'll, they'll make that delineation clear because that's Probably likely. Yeah. I hope, I hope it works out because just the idea of being in America and, and just this sort of change of pace for once where it's not just like call of duty. It's not a war game. It's like, I'm, I'm sitting here. This is a faces I can relate to and a landscape I can relate to. And, you know, cause it's not some, Drop on some, you know, like you said, tropical fucking location where you're killing a bunch of native people. It's just like you just want to kill white people for once. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but but the but the the story of these religious cultists, like, is something I can relate to on a number of levels. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But I have a not so sneaking suspicion that it's going to be as good as every other Far Cry game. Which you know, take that for what it's worth. Well, Far Cry Three was like you know, everyone's game of the year back in 12, whatever. Like it was, and Far Cry 4 is more was that, the same. Was that Ubisoft's first uh, go at Far Cry? Oh, after God. Crytek made it? I couldn't fucking tell you. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure they're going to be fine. I, I, I'm waiting on the Mario uh, Rabbid uh, RPG. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> that's the most hyped thing that Ubisoft's got 
going for them. I told you it was Mario real. Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. Man, you scoffed at that, man. You scoffed at it. I don't remember anything. No, I I, I can't believe like this is one of four games they're putting out this year. I I mean, I guess the Rabbit games sold well on on uh, Nintendo platforms before. Like I guess. Yeah, debuted on the Wii. There's a, a long history of oh rabbits. Oh my god, the ra- What are they from? Are they from like a crappy uh, animated movie? Rayman. No. Oh, really? Ra- Rayman Raving Rabbids on the Wii. It was Ubisoft's first Wii game besides Red Steel. Th- these are like some fucking backwater uh, uh, minions, dude. Before minions, bro. Oh my god, no way. That game was 2006. No, holy shit. Despicable Me wasn't for like another couple years. Wow. Well, shows what I fucking know. That's disgusting. Mario meets like we haven't had a Paper Mario game in over 10 years. And I mean, we got one just at the end of last year, bro. Shut up. Lick my nut. There have been more Paper Mario games that aren't Paper Mario games than there were the ones you remember at this point. Which is fucking bullshit because there have been (sighs) four Paper Mario games that nobody likes. Which, just give us a real Paper Mario game, Nintendo. Don't be all weird. We, we want Mario and Luigi RPG. I want, we want that series to stand alone. And, no, I shut up. Miyamoto. Yeah. 100%. And his weird, outdated, traditionalist sort of... Like, well, the one thing that I think held back Sticker Star, from what I've seen, haven't played it. The fact that disclosure. it wasn't a Paper Mario game? No, the fact that um, there weren't characters. It was Every other character in that game was a toad. And like, there's no distinction between them. They're just copy-pasted. Like, whatever. The original two Paper Mario games had such a diverse cast of characters. They're so colorful and unique and interesting. They all had, like, really, like, strong personalities. And you talk, there's a reason for you to go around and talk to everybody, which is an RPG thing. Right. But they're just a bunch of toads. And they still have great writing. They're still written really well. The combat mechanics are whatever. But, like, I would have been 100% more interested in that game if it wasn't just Paper Mario and the 10 million toads. I don't know. Color Splash looked intriguing for a hot minute. And then, you know, we, we had these like fleeting sort of fantasies about, oh, is this going to be an RPG? It's going to be returned to form with this cool mechanic in this, this vibrant world. Uh, no, didn't turn out to be the fucking case. And I mean, while I bought the game, I haven't played it. I bought it on sale, but I haven't, I haven't touched the damn thing. But Kingdom Battle, just from what their leaked like internal documents have said about it. I think it has the potential to be something fairly interesting. It's got, from what they've said, it's like strategy RPG elements and multiplayer, which I I like both those things. So there's a really good chance that this is actually a very interesting game that I will, nine times out of ten, I'll probably want to play it. You think chance. you actually think you'll end up picking that up? Yeah. At retail? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't buy games used. Sorry, I guess when I say a retail price, I mean initially for full re- MSRP or you like wait till it goes on sale. I mean... That's what I mean, sorry. How many games on the Switch have gone on sale so far? That's a good goddamn point. Nintendo fucking never never puts their shit out for sale, so... And this is probably... I mean, I don't know if it's Nintendo in charge of this game as much as Ubisoft. I mean, ah, they've got rabbits dressed up as Mario and Peach taking weird selfies. I mean... I feel like this is this is more Ubisoft controlled than Nintendo controlled. That yeah, it's probably fair. But I wonder they can afford to not put that game on sale though. I mean, Switch owners are starved for games. Yeah, it's just it's brutal. Well, let's move on to Sony here because I'm excited to get to Nintendo. I feel we have a lot to talk about with Nintendo. We've been recording for an hour and a half. We're probably gonna wrap this up soon. So, fucking Sony, 
they could have a lot potentially. Sony, um, I think this is the year that they kind of like make good on the promises of last year. They showed a lot last year. I think the the couple big things going into 2017 for them is talking about God of War. Obviously, they've got that big old big old Kratos painting on that building. That's going to be main event. That, that looks really cool, to be honest. With like a release date and everything, that's going to be coming soon. Right. You know, that's going to be their their premiere thing. Right. Um, Spider Man. I think has oh. a pretty good chance of being shown a lot more of getting a title, getting a release window. Oh God, that just reminded me. Ubisoft, we didn't talk about uh, Fractured but Whole. Oh, I, we all forgot about that fucking game. Yeah, I mean that's coming out, but I, yeah, that's gonna be shown. Maybe get a Switch release. That'd be sick, dude. I oh, um, dude. But you- Sony, besides uh, Spider Man and God of War, they've got. I mean, Gran Turismo is coming out eventually. Ah. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to racing games. I mean, they look cool. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I think there's a good chance of Bloodborne getting a sequel. I think, without a doubt, there will be some passing mention of Bloodborne. I doubt it'll be a full announcement. But it'll be one of those fancy splash screens like, oh, but don't forget, 2019. You know. I mean, at the same time, though, they've got so many things that they've got a lot of irons in the fire. They don't need to put more in. I think they've got to make, do, like, make good on those promises. So I think we'll see more of Days Gone. Because they have to get that out before, you know, Last of Us. Because that's a zombie game by all intents and purposes. Last so of Us is four years out. Yeah, but I mean, people still are more excited about Last of Us than they are Days Gone. And Last of Us is four years out. Yeah. So they have to get people hyped up on Days Gone because that has been in development for a long time. I think now that I'm thinking about it is we might be sort of projecting some unrealistic expectations here because Sony is fully transitioned into like making PSX the thing. I don't think E3 is really their platform anymore. They don't need, they don't need it to be, you know, they announced their heavy hitters at at their own conference. Not really. They, they showed a teaser trailer and they showed Marvel vs. Capcom infinite. Those are the two hype things from, and death training, but death training is also forever out and that's not going to be at E3. Right. But I think this was like the probably sort of a turning point. Where like they don't need e- no one needs E three anymore. E three is I think effectively dead, and it's more us trying to hype it up than it actually being like a vital platform for these giant companies anymore. That's valid, but there's still enough mind share around E three that people will still get excited for it. And if people are excited for it, it makes sense for companies to capitalize that on that excitement. Sony doesn't have to do shit because they've got sixty five million PS fours out there, and whatever they make is going to sell well, but. They still have to show like they're they're that they're still dominant, you know. So that's why I think that this is the year that they show more of the things they showed last year and give like release dates because last year was like hype thing after hype thing, but it was all like so far ahead that it was no release dates in sight. But I think that's the point of the E three machine is just hyping things up. Like, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna show things and they're gonna have demos on the floor, but like the God of War selling is not gonna hinder whether they show a trailer tomorrow or not or, or Monday. It just, it won't matter. I don't think it'll affect either way. All right. So what three new things are they going to show off at E3 that are going to be like, whoa. So, so a couple things that I would like to see, um, cause obviously we're, yeah, we're going to see God of War. We're going to see crash. Like that's going to be there in, in, in some capacity. They want to push that right before that comes out. What are some of the bigger ones? Like you said, days gone Detroit. What is that? It's that, uh, who does that game? David Cage. Hmm. It's like, um, the guy who did heavy rain. Oh, okay. Is it, is it like heavy rain? No, they did that, um, that short little animated, it was like just like a weird little animated movie basically about that girl who was a robot, but she's like, oh, but I have emotions and 
whatever. But Detroit seems like it's a like a a mystery game where you're going around solving crimes. But there are the setting of it is there are androids that are passable as human. Think like a oh, Blade Runner style. Okay. All right. I mean, that sounds mildly intriguing. Kind of like focusing on the the mocap and the the performance of the game until dawn style. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's something that I would I'd probably check out. I mean, that, that's going to be there tomorrow or Monday, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll see more. If there's anything I want, nothing major. Spider-Man's like the one thing that I know will be there that I'm actually excited about. I'm, I'm Spider-Man, my favorite comic book hero ever. Uh, the movie's right around the corner. I'm super stoked on that. So you know they're going to try to intertwine this hype that everyone's got for this franchise. Yeah, and I think God of War is going to be Uncharted God of War. Because that's how games are now. Yeah, kind of a... I, probably closer to Tomb Raider, because Tomb Raider is what Uncharted should have turned into. Uncharted's... I can't believe it's as popular as it is still. It's such a shitty fucking franchise. I mean, the, the main difference from what I can tell between Uncharted and uh, Tomb Raider is there's less puzzles and crafting in Uncharted. Like, those are the things that in, in Tomb Raider that differentiate it. There's there's actual gameplay in Tomb Raider. Fucking Uncharted is is a is a is a graphic or a visual novel with cover shooting, in between. So yeah, I feel like that's what God of War is going to turn into mostly. <sighs> it's going to be very story driven because that's what apparently that's what Sony fans like, and it's not like the the gameplay of the original God of War games was like intensive. It was just sort of like press a button a bunch of times and then quick time events. They're, yeah, quick time events are pretty terrible, and you know those aren't going anywhere. That's a, that's a staple of all these you know Sony exclusive games. Doesn't matter who develops them, like quick time events are the fucking thing. And everyone complains about quick time events. I don't know why they're still a thing. I don't get it. Is there no is there no more effective way of sort of conveying this action? It, well, no. It's the halfway point between a cutscene and actual gameplay. And people complain about cutscenes, rightly so. But there are a lot of cutscenes in games because. You can't tell a good story in a video game just through gameplay. Well, you know what's more fucking annoying than cutscenes is a cutscene I think I'm watching and then suddenly I have to press X a bunch of times or else I die. Like, that's way worse than just watching a fucking cutscene. Like, But it okay. makes it feel more interactive, which is what a video game is. I, but everyone, no one is like, I love these quick time events. They're unilaterally despised by any person I've ever heard talk about them, talk to about them, yet they're... A staple. I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Isn't technically every Telltale game just cutscenes with intermittent quick time events? Well, there's a reason they haven't ever beat a Telltale game because I think they're fucking terrible. Read a fucking book if you want that experience. That's why you need to play the Homestar Runner Telltale game. Developer's Info, episode three or four. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Check them both that way. Fucking at it. The one thing that I want that I have no clue if it'll be there, probably won't be there. But we've got, we had the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, which, dude, I picked that up day one and I'm playing that fucking game. Uh, I beat, I beat uh, Crash 2 just this year uh, with a buddy of mine came to Eugene and we just tag teamed that fucking game, beat it in 24 hours. I'll just, wait for it to go on sale and then I'll buy it for like 20 bucks. I'll wait for it to go on super, super cheap sale. Uh, fair enough. On PC because that, there's no way that game's going to be exclusive. Really? Yeah. Crash Bandicoot? Yeah, it's owned by like Activision or something. Dude, I never even put any thought of that. You think it's coming to PC at some point? It's going to be on all the consoles. Maybe not Switch, but it'll be on PC, PS4, and Xbox. Holy crap, that fucks me up. You don't think Sony paid for like mad exclusivity? No. Wow. I don't think that ga- I don't think that game gets made exclusive. I, I have no complaints if it, I guess if it goes multi-plat, that's fine. Like, I think those games are going to hold up nicely. 
with a, a nice new skin. It's like someone coming, like waking from a coma after 20 years is like, what console should I buy? What has crash? You know, that's not selling consoles. <laughs> I mean, it was selling consoles fucking 20 years ago. Yeah. 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So that man waking from a coma is going to be like, like, where's, where's my crash bandicoot? Like, when was the last time you bought a crash game? They haven't made a fucking real crash game in almost 20 years. They were fucking great, and they hold up nicely. And I think that the the nice coat of paint and the updated controls, I think they're gonna. I think it's gonna be nice. So I want, I want a Spyro trilogy remake announcement. I think those games hold up even better than the Crash games because they were closer to a modern, like you know, open uh, not open world, but a three D action adventure platforming sort of. You know, here's a, it, here's a question for you: Have you played any Skylanders? Yes, I have with my little brother. Do you like those games? I haven't played enough. Honestly, it was just, I was going around in overworld killing things and locked behind a bunch of paywalls. So I don't know. I don't know. I didn't play enough of it. Valid. I mean, because that's kind of what Spyro, like, that was, that was an offshoot of Spyro. What I loved about the Spyro games were like, it took this, it took the, like, N64 era 3D platforming, it took the collectathon, the cues from the collectathons, and it, it turned it into this like uh, action game where you're going around constantly just killing enemies in a way that, you know, none of those old collectathons really had. Right. It was, you know, I think it holds up. You know, I've talked about before. I played Ripper's Rage a few years ago and it, it felt good. It wasn't just like, oh, this is passable or I remember this game. Like, it felt good running around the 3D environment and the modern controls. And it's a PS1 game. So I think those would hold up better than even the crash. The crash is going to be weird with the, the camera and the way that some of the platforming works. It's going to feel clunky compared to our modern standards. And so I still think it'll be wonderful. But the Spyro, I think, would do really well. Uh, I guess I don't know anything about the sales numbers. Like, was Spyro more popular than Crash back in the day? I don't know. I played both religiously. So give me that, Sony. Give that to my body. I don't think that's likely. Not at E3. Probably not. That's a PSX thing, right? Yeah, just a little, just a little, 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 uh, little butter for that bread, right? Lice on that cake. Yeah, but I mean, beyond little things like that, I don't think there's really much room for any other like new, fancy, crazy announcements from Sony. It's yeah. just sort of like showing more of what they've shown. So check it out. I have something crazy for you. Crazy. Hit me. Hit you ready? Me. Okay. Ubisoft Monday. I'm going back to Ubi here because we're going into Nintendo. It all links together here. Check it out. Reggie fils on stage during the Ubisoft presentation to announce that Fractured Butthole is coming to Switch. It's happening. <laughs> Moving into Monday, 9 a.m. There's going to be about a half hour's worth of actual direct, and then they go straight into the treehouse and have like all their play-alongs showing Splatoon and ARMS and Mario. Right, right. Um, Nintendo has a lot of irons in the fire also, but they're all little irons. You know, they're got teeny tiny. Animal Crossing Mobile, you know? Fuck you. Fuck you and your... I can't even... Skyrim is coming to Switch. I haven't heard anything about that since the uh, January event. Who cares? I mean, you should. You're talking about Skyrim VR. I feel like Skyrim on Switch is a lot more tantalizing than looking at... Oh, yep, yep, yep I'm, I'm in Skyrim. Wow, okay, I'm sick. I'm gonna go put this off now. Take off this weird hat. Sky... <laughs> God. Skyrim VR is at least like a novel, interesting, new experience. Skyrim VR exclusive to Nintendo Switch. Oh my god, that crappy little 720p screen, no anti-aliasing on this little weak piece of mobile technology. No, you'd have to use your phone with the the, the app. (laughs) This fucking cancer. 
That's so bad. Don't get me started. Like, it's funny you're laughing and I want to laugh with you, but I'm just mad about it. I'm just mad thinking about the whole fiasco with the voice chat and the app, and it's just terrible. I mean, they're, yeah, they're direct. What's their direct going to be? It's going to be ARMS. It's going to be Mario Mention. No. Really? I don't think we see ARMS except for like in a, a sizzle reel montage. Oh, I hope so. That'd be tight. But this is Nintendo. The game's coming out the Friday after that. They're going to show it, but they're not going to talk about it. And it's going to be know. playable. They're going to have like a, a, a tournament during the Treehouse event. Same with Splatoon. They're not going to talk too much about Splatoon. There's a much more chance they're going to talk about Splatoon 2 than they talk about ARMS. I like logically that makes sense, but this is Nintendo. As far as Mario, they're going to showcase it and they're going to talk about it a little bit. But what do you talk about for Mario? They've shown it and that's like, okay, yeah, Mario. That looks like Mario. You jump it on stuff. Cool. Well, there's not like story beats that you're like, oh, wow. What's the story in this Mario? Like, who cares? Bowser's got a hat. <laughs> so, okay. So you, you're thinking this is going to be a wave of announcements. I mean, they're going to be showing more stuff that they showed at the January event. I think there's going to be a, they're going to be leaning a little bit more into their Japanese third parties. Capcom's going to have some sort of announcement with them. We're going to hear more about, um, <clears throat> Project Octopath Traveler or whatever that game is mm. from Square from a Tokyo RPG that the Tokyo RPG company or whatever they they made that little offshoot to make little games right that's who worked on I Am Tsutsuna and then they just announced another one called Lost Sphere which looks like I Am Tsutsuna again uh, and, and then Shin Megami Tensei they just had an announcement for a 3DS game but there's gonna be a Switch game eventually too so that's Atlas which is Sega um, they're, they're going to be showing Sonic there. I would 100%. Right Someone cares. Someone cares. A lot of people care. And they're kind of hitting both those demographics with the two Sonic games that are coming out this year. So it'd make a lot of sense for Nintendo to be like, yeah, you know, here it is again. So give me. We're obviously not going to see any Pokemon. They just had that garbage uh, 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 direct. Right. And that's Pokemon Company. They do what they want. They are. Right. Pretty much above Nintendo's pay grade at this point. Isn't that crazy to think about? They're huge. The, the anime, the card game, the video games. I mean, yeah, Pokemon is self-sustaining. That's, that's amazing. Because you associate Pokemon so closely with Nintendo. Yeah. But it's they're their own entity completely. So that was that was terrible. And I guess I keep saying that was bad Nintendo, but that's not Nintendo. Nintendo didn't fuck that up. Pokemon can't be fucked that up. No, yeah. And I'm sure Nintendo's like, oh, man, I really wish they wouldn't have made that game for 3DS, but... At the same time, it's not Terrible. hurting the Switch, but the Switch game's two years out. Uh, it's gonna be. It's not gonna be. It'll be a remake, more than likely at first, to so they can get their bearing on 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 the engine. I don't think so. You don't? No. I hope not. X and Y on 3DS, then Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, then Sun Moon. Year, year, year. X and Y came out two years after 3DS came out. Black and White Two came out. After the 3DS came out, I mean, quite, quite. Well, I mean, because we had we had Diamond Pearl. Wow, what year was that? Eight. Eight was platinum. Eight was platinum. So Diamond Pearl was seven. Yeah. Wow. Then Black and White, I think, was 2010. I feel so fucking old. My little brother got me Pokemon Platinum for my 17th birthday. Yeah, you're an old man. Oh, anyway, God. <laughs> Nintendo. They'll probably show Pokemon in like a a 3DS montage. Yeah. And they might announce, like, they're not going to announce anything for 3DS. They're going to show stuff for 3DS be like, yeah, we're still doing that for this year. Yeah. And all their announcements are going to be Switch-related, I think. I think we're going to hear about Animal Crossing Mobile. 
with a Switch game tie-in. I want to hear your top three, whether anticipated or suspected. Top, give me the three new announcements, something we've not seen officially or heard of officially. Okay, Animal Crossing. Boom. Love Pikmin it. 4. Okay. Sleeper, I didn't think consider that. Miyamoto's just talked about it. We so just I talked mean, about a new Pikmin game. That was before we got this bullshit 3DS announcement for exactly. that game. He was talking about Wii U, so Wii U's dead. I think he just said a new, the next Pikmin game's in development, and then we got the 3DS game, so everyone was like, was he talking about that? He's not involved with the 3DS oh, one. That's, okay, okay. That's the same people who did the Yoshi's New Island or Yoshi's Island DS games. Like They're different different company, different brand. Okay, so, so Pikmin 4. Pikmin 4. Okay. And then I'm going to... Do it. Okay, I'm going to go a little bit scientific. Uh, from Software Metroid game. Okay, all right. Well, so what, what happened with... Uh, uh, one of our buddies just texted us about... I didn't even see this because I've been, like I said, zero dark fucking 30 uh, on the social media. I've been, I've been MIA. What... Something about the developer tweeting a fucking picture of like uh, a prime rib. No, it was uh, like some sort of steak. People were like, oh my God, it's prime rib. Uh, oh, Metro Prime. Okay. Retro, you sly dogs. I'm like, no, it's it's just steak. They're okay. trolling you. God damn it. See, that would have been fucking hilarious. And I think, I think Retro is off Metroid. I think they're off Donkey Kong even. And I think they're working on a new IP. Really? Yeah. Like, like a totally brand new or a new for them? Um, both. I think it's, uh, okay. there's a potential for, I could see them trying to like revive an old franchise with like a new thing, but I think it's going to be completely new for them and it's going to be a new game for all intents and purposes. Kind of like how like Kid Icarus Uprising was like yeah. a new franchise. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's going to be that level. Okay. So uh, I gave you my three. What's your three? Holy shit, man. Well, Animal Crossing was my number one anticipated. I really, really want that. And I want that game to come out like holiday 17 like give it to us baby say it's here it's right around the corner another thing to note is that nintendo said that this is going to be looking at 2017 so we're not looking like super far in the future that's why i didn't say smash because i don't think smash is this year oh so that's 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 tough then that does that puts a a big hamper in my metroid prediction because i think that game if it's real would not be this year either absolutely not that's at least a year if not two uh Smash, I can see them announcing for holiday, to be honest, but I think they're they're, they're probably going to save that for spring 18 when they kind of have a lull. That, and I want, I have a very strong suspicion that that would be their, like, marquee title to push their online service. So Q1, dude, spring, spring uh, 18, I could see that happening. I could also see them waiting until holiday because that worked out really well last time. Wait until holiday 18. I don't think the timing of it matters for Smash. It's just the lead up to it. That's true. Q1, though, makes sense. They, they want to end strong. They want to start strong. Um, you know, uh, so I, I I could see that. Because that's that's when their online service is coming out, right? 2018, beginning of 2018? Yeah. I could see that rolling out into Q, Q4 right there in uh, February. So that would make a lot of sense. That would make a lot of sense. Um, so I really don't know. And Animal Crossing is on my the top of my list. I want that game. I want it to be New Leaf with HD skins. Just don't. Fuck it up, Nintendo. Like, you did it so right with New Leaf. And in the update, you, you've done everything right with that game. Uh, just give that to me. Give me a beautiful version of that game. And I will weep with te- joy. Tears of joy. That's words. I'm saying them. It's late. Yeah. It's three in the morning. Get off my ass. Yeah, the only thing I would want from that game is a little bit uh, streamlined visiting other people's towns. Right, right. Because I think that would be a, a big thing 
to because Switch is all about multiplayer now. So yeah. have have someone be able to take a Joy-Con off and be another villager in your town and run around and catch bugs together, you know? Dude, oh, that'd be, that's just, it just warm my heart. There, there are a lot of quality of life things that need to be improved that just have not improved in, in four iterations of the game. Like, really little things that, that kind of add up. Inventory issues. When was New Leaf out? That was, what, 2014, 2013? 13, yeah. And we've gotten, what, since then? Wild World? Or uh, not Wild World, that was... How you were thinking? Happy Home Designer. That was, yeah, it was Happy Home Designer. And then what was the, what was the, uh, the board game one? Amiibo Festival. No, no, no. Was that Amiibo Festival? Yeah, it was. Oh yeah. my god. What yeah. a trash game. So bad. Who uh, who greenlighted that? So he, he, I remember that. I remember this? that vividly. I was at jury duty. I was sitting in the fucking courtroom waiting. And I am trying I have just like no service in this crappy old ass building in Oregon City. And so I have like 3G service. I'm I'm getting this little pixelated blocky mess of a stream to my phone and i'm just like at this point i'm just trying to listen to it i I remember seeing just a little blurry animal crossing i was like i i was so excited i was like biting my fist i was like dude animal fucking crossing well then you come to fucking find out when i got out of jury duty that that wasn't real animal crossing game and that's a fucking piece of shit wannabe monopoly not even mario party clone yeah it was like dlc mario party Monopoly. It's so fucking bad. That's one of the games as a as a fucking collector. I didn't even pick that up on sale for fifteen bucks, and I won't. I don't give a fuck. That's a bigger slap in the face than Federation Force IMO. Oh, absolutely. Federation Force was at least like a game. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. The, the main the main selling point was something you could play. Yeah. So I don't know. That's that was terrible, and I hope they make amends for it. I, I feel like that's the next big thing that they haven't mentioned. Right. Like it only makes sense that that's coming. Are we hyping ourselves up again? Is this just, it's going to, they're going to talk about arms platoon and they're going to announce like some indie game. Like that's, that's what's going to happen, right? Well, there's a good chance that we see animal crossing. Um, I don't think I'm going to see all three of what I say. I think there's other smaller things they'll talk about like Zelda DLC. They'll talk about that. Yeah. They'll talk about mobile titles in general. Like there is that wall street journal rumor about uh, a Zelda Mario game or Zelda mobile game. I can't think of anything else that like, would reasonably be around the corner that I could I could possibly think of them announcing. Yeah, I mean Sorry. they don't do they don't do Kirby games until later in console life, and they've got like three Kirby games coming out on the DS this year. So a new Kirby game would would excite me, if, you know, because the the one on the Wii was cool. It's a nice return to form for Kirby. They had two on Wii U, didn't they? They had a a tablet drawing one, and then like a normal one. Um, yeah, they had the Rainbow Curse or Canvas Curse. Yeah, yeah, Rainbow Curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Canvas Curse was on DS. Yeah, so they had that, and then they had um, no, that was it on the Wii U. Was that it? Okay. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, they had they had several 3DS uh, games over that the course of that console's lifetime. But right, and they've got yeah three more coming. That's crazy. Yeah, they're all kind of like spinoffs of mini games that you could play in the Robobot version. I got. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I think they're gonna be. We're gonna see some ports. I don't think Mario Maker is in the pipeline for 2017 because that's a that's a heavy hitter. That's a big seller. They're gonna save that um, as they've been doing. But I think I'm gonna go on a limb and say we're gonna see a Star Fox port, uh, and they're gonna market it with conventional controls. But it's also like a point of pride thing where they don't remake them to fix them. They remake them to celebrate them. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm like, trying that was, to think that of was Miyamoto's baby. And it's not like Miyamoto's going to admit that he was wrong with that. You know, I don't, I don't know. That's just my uh, opinion. That, that, that's probably, 
a more accurate assessment of that situation. And also it didn't do gangbusters on the Wii U, so it's not like they would they would remake a game that didn't sell well. But Miyamoto's baby. I could see him wanting to like, you know, I could see them now that you bring that up, like sort of justifying it like, well, it's sold poorly because Wii U, not no, because they, bad game. They've got the numbers. They know what sold well comparatively. The first thing they put out was Mario Kart and that had a, a every ha- like half of every Wii U owners had a, had a Mario Kart Wii U. It's an amazing uh, attach rate. Yeah. And then Smash amazing. Bros is also makes a lot of sense because that was like a third of Wii U owners had that game. Right. But, but again, that stuff's, that's just too close. Like you said, that's not going to be announced or they might mention it, but I just can't think of any, anything major that could possibly be in the pipeline for 2017. We got Mario coming up. We got Splatoon this summer. Yeah. That's, that's another thing. They wouldn't do Mario Maker and Mario Odyssey in the same time frame. No. Yeah. They're, they're definitely saving that. So I don't, I honestly, Metroid, of course, is everyone's pipe dream. That's every year. Metroid, Metroid, Metroid. I think we are going to hear about Virtual Console at E3. Finally. We're going to hear about what it'll look like, what, it, what, it, what it's called. And I'm calling it, we're getting our first Retro Joy-Con announcement. Yeah, hard, hardware is a, a thing that a lot of people, I think, skip over when they're talking about Nintendo. But Nintendo, they love making hardware. Yeah. We're, I think we're going to get new Joy-Cons and it's not just going to be a crappy colorway. I think we're looking at probably an NES-inspired Joy-Con uh, with a D-pad. With an announcement of Virtual Console. They're not going to talk about GameCube. Come on, lay off it. That's not happening. Not anytime soon. Not likely, no. But that would be like the sleeper hit. Like, hey, we got really nothing to talk about except for ARMS and Splatoon. Uh, games you don't care about and games you've already played. But hey, GameCube Virtual Console. That'd be cool. That'd be, that'd a, be, cool. That'd be sneaky. That's not like Nintendo, though. It really no. isn't. How about um, uh, SNES Classic Edition? Oh, I didn't consider that, dude. You think that's a E three worthy thing? You think that's something they're gonna, you know, get up there and, and make a video for? Like, I mean, they announced the NES Classic a couple weeks after E three, I believe. It was just it did just randomly dropped, and people were like, "What? What is yeah, this?" Yeah, I mean, because clearly they had zero indication from their sales numbers on Virtual Console, and just like their gauging of the popularity of what that would be is they did not make enough of those, and then. They know now people want that. So I could see them making a bigger deal about an SNES classic. And that classic so, is clearly a branding thing. That classic branding. Are you calling it then? You think we're going to see Super Nintendo classic? I think there's a pretty good chance of that. I'm wondering about what the price point would be, though. Because they did 30 games at 60, which is basically half the cost of what they have them on VC. But SNES games are typically $8 a piece. So I'm wondering like, what the ratio of first party to third party would be. If there's that many games, if if there is that many games, what the price would be if it's like $100, $150, which kind of that pushes it out of the like impulse buy. But at the same time, they, they could have priced the NES Classic at $100 and they still would have sold. Yeah, I think they would have. Um, I, $150 is, is ludicrous. Way, way, way too much money. And, and here's the thing. The problem with that, I can see that happening because all of the good Super Nintendo games were third party games. Straight up, like you've got Mario, you've got Zelda, and that, that that's it for first party games. Like you, Super Mario Kart, no one wants to play Super Mario Kart. No one has fucking nostalgia for that. Come on. Come on. I think you're vastly underestimating Super Mario Kart. I probably am. But here's the thing, people with Super Nintendo nostalgia, like people with NES nostalgia, that's my dad. My 50-year-old man. People with Super Nintendo nostalgia, that's like your brother and, and us. No, like, that's still a lot of the same, like mid thirties, because that's a lot of people's first console that they 
grew up with, whereas NES was like their older siblings or was like their parents' console, you know? Oh, so you think it would it would it'd be a similar situation? Because I, I think you can't fill a, a Super Nintendo Classic with quality games if you're sticking just to first party. There's so many third party games that are iconic. The NES Classic had third party games too. Nothing that great though. I mean, they had like Final Fantasy, you had Super C. Super C instead of uh, Contra. Yeah, come on. I mean, arguably, I mean, you have Mega Man. Okay, but I mean, I'm talking out of my ass. Fucking ignore everything I've said. So, I mean, you're going to get the, the same big games for Super yeah. Nintendo. If you had a Super Nintendo 1, you had Mega Man X, you'd get Super, you'd get Super Street Fighter 2. Street Fighter 2 Turbo. You'd probably get Final Fantasy 2 or 3. You'd probably get Chrono Trigger. 3, hopefully. Chrono Trigger had to be a must. Um, they'd have to throw Earthbound on there. Exactly. There's a lot of really good first-party games. Earthbound's first-party. You'd get Kirby's either Dreamland or Return to Dreamland or... Uh, Superstar, like you were talking okay. about. That's a great game. Here's what's happening right now. Super Metroid. Come on. Here's the deal. I know it's late and we've been recording for a while, but this is what we're doing. All right? Are we making, a, are we making our Super Nintendo classic? I've, I've got a fucking... I'm looking for a, a decent piece of paper right now. Oh, my God. I'm gonna, I don't want to type. I want to write down. We're going analog here, all right? I need, I need the authentic feels here. Okay, let me and get my mind going up in here. I found, an, I found a, a, a notepad. Okay. Write down every word I say. Uh, come on, come on now. Okay, Super Super Mario World. Okay, obviously, obviously. So let, me, let me get situated here. Okay. Mario World, Mario World 2. Super Mario World. Mario World 2? Yep. Yoshi's Island. And then if that's the dream, you know, because that uses, uh, whatever that chip is called, you get Star Fox in there too. Star Fox, uh, I think at this point you can reasonably emulate, um, DFX chip, but there has to be a reason why they haven't because they don't have the rights to that. Chip. Is, is it a licensing thing? I, I, there's no other explanation in my mind. I know you can emulate it because oh no, no, because I'm thinking I'm thinking repro carts, but I think those are just harvested carts with FX chips. The super FX, yeah. So it's not actually emulating the. Uh, and they've never oh, been on virtual shit. console. Yeah. Wow. So I wonder if they figure out a way to do it, or what if what if. What if they fucking manufacture a version of the FX chip and just it's on the board? So they're not emulating it, but they're actually running this uh, uh, legit hardware. That, that'd be, that's crazy. That's crazy. I don't know the logistics. I'm just saying, if I'm making my list, it's got, it's got to have Yoshi's Island and then I'd have to have Star Fox because that hasn't been playable except on original hardware. I don't think Star Fox is good enough to warrant taking up one of the 30 slots. If we're talking 30 games. Well, Ice Climbers wasn't good enough, but it has Mindshare and it has people fond for those characters. People like Star Fox, but they don't like the game Star Fox. They like Star Fox, they like Star Fox 64 and they like Smash Bros. That's exactly it. Ice Climbers, I think, was more of like somebody's pets at fucking Nintendo. And they said this is it's kind of like Kirby getting all the love because it's it's saccharized fucking. Anyway, Mario World. <laughs> Yoshi's Island, Boom. Star Fox, Star Fox, Link to the Past. Okay, of course. Super Metroid, uh, obviously. Return to Dreamland, because I think that's a better game than Superstar. If I'm being honest, <sighs> this is the debate, right? It makes sense, bang for your buck. Superstar makes it because you got the mini games and, and whatever. But if you want to go with quality over quantity, yeah, Return. To, not that Superstar's a, a bad collection; it's fucking phenomenal. Um, but if you want to go with no superior game you gotta to return to dreamland okay the only thing i would think superstar would have over it is that there's multiplayer stuff on that isn't there yep there is uh but what's what knowing what we know about nintendo what would they likely do 
would they look at it as more of like a, hey, we want to release all of these games? They'd probably go, they'd probably go Superstar, if I'm being honest. You think? Okay. Yeah. So I, I would, I would rather have Superstar. I've never played Return of the Dreamland, and now Superstar is loaded. So, um, that's fair. Either one, I think, is a, a win. Donkey Kong Country. Ah, uh, here's the question: Do we get the trilogy? I think we only get one. Whoa! Because it's the only one with Donkey Kong in it. You don't think we're getting DKC two? I don't think so. I think I'm putting it. On, I think we get it. I think we get it to be DKC two. I believe is the better game. It but is. I think that Nintendo. It would just be Donkey Kong. I, I think DKC two would have to make it. Although we we have a lot more great games on the Super Nintendo than we than we do on the NES. So I'm just looking. I've only been doing first party so far. That's seven great games right there. I would imagine I would see F Zero on there too. I'm being honest. I would see F Zero and Mario Kart. Yeah, which right now, F Zero and uh, Mario Kart that puts us at nine. Nine. Shit. Earthbound. Oh, I'm at ten. Uh, Super Mario World, Yoshi's Island, Star Fox. Link to the Past, Metroid, Return to Dreamland, or Superstar. Mm. DKC one puts at seven. F Zero Mario Kart that's at nine. I, oh, I have DKC two on here, which I I I threw on there as a. I'm feeling waffly on that one, but I I've gut feeling it'd be DKC one. Okay, I'm gonna circle that and we'll come back to that. Earthbound, I, Earthbound, hundred percent. Here, then we get into the we get into the fucking the weeds with the RPGs because you you could be looking at um, that's the um, only first party RPG really. Oh, we're talking just first part here. Okay. Earthbound. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if you go S- Super Mario RPG is square. Uh, yeah, that's not Nintendo. Which, looking at the NES Classic, they definitely had some square on there. So I would imagine they'd have square on this, too. They'd have square Konami and Capcom, at the very least. This is where things get tough. When we get outside of first party. I mean, you could, you could make the SNES RPG Classic. Yeah. I would say you'd only get um, Final Fantasy 3 and uh, Chrono Trigger. FF3, Chrono Trigger. What about what about uh, Secret of Mana? I'd say, yeah. Secret of Mana goes there, too. That's Is that Square or is that NX? That's Square. Yeah, that's yeah, Square. Um, and it's it's a multiplayer. It's co-op. You can yep. co-op that entire game, which yeah. is um, that goes a huge selling point. Super Castlevania 4. Oh, totally. I would say Super Bomberman. Ooh, really? Yeah. Okay, so, so we're looking at Bomberman here. Um Mega Man X, I think that's one of the games where they do they they well no because Konami or sorry Capcom is pushing the Mega Man collection too. You know the Mega Man X collections are on the corner, so they probably wouldn't. They'd want to license like one of them, but they wouldn't put the trilogy on there. No, and that's only three out of how many X games are there? Like seven. Yeah, I think X two makes it. X one and two. You think I, I was? Well, I mean, X two is regarded as the best of the trilogy, right? Yeah, but X is the most common, so more people played X. Okay, all right. So let's let's just say they just do one. It's just it's just Mega Man X. Okay, and then I would say Super Street Fighter two Turbo. Turbo Super Street Fighter two Fire. Turbo. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are we? At? Oh my god, this is this is already like fucking. It's a beautiful list, isn't it? Contra three Alien Wars. It's kind of, yeah, Contra three definitely would have to make it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a fucking classic. Ooh, off the top of your head, this is way harder than than I'd have thought. We're talking just RPGs. Uh, you put FF three, that makes sense. Yeah, that's regarded as the strongest one on the on the platform. FF two is a great game though. Yeah, whatever they fucking. I can't read my own fucking handwriting now. What does this say? Do you think they would put Mario RPG on there? Uh, if they can work out the licensing, that absolutely has to make it. It's a, it's Mario. It's RPG. Yeah, it's Mario. And if they have other Square games, then yeah. Yeah, I think that's a no fucking brainer. I think Mario RPG would make it in over Earthbound, given the licensing worked out and they had to squeeze a spot 
it would probably beat out Earthbound. That's that'd be fair because actually, I think both those games are on Virtual Console. Is Mario RPG on Virtual Console? I think it might be. Don't fuck with me because I'm buying that tonight if it's on 3DS. It's no way it is, right? Earthbound is on Virtual Console. It is. I own it on a Wii U and the 3DS because I'm an idiot. I like giving Nintendo my money. <laughs> totally fair. <laughs> That's a great game to spend money on. All right, Mario RPG. I'm going to look this motherfucker up right now. Um, give me some more games here. What, what are we missing? I know we're missing something. People talk Act Razor. I don't have that's, a lot that's of, like, I don't like that game very much. That's getting into the re, the weeds of like one of like a hundred you know best super nintendo games of all time like is that good enough to make it onto the top 30 i don't know i think it depends more so on licensing because that's another that's an nx property which is now square owned right so potentially i don't know it's different enough but then it gets to like the weird route where you're talking about like the license like based on a license like battletoads and then i don't know if that really makes it holy shit dude it's super rpg is on the wii u but not the 3ds yeah I, i don't want to play it on the wii u Oh, man, that's just a huge bummer. Wait, wait, wait. No, yeah, Wii U. That's just a bummer, man. Especially now with the Switch. Like, I'm not playing the fucking Wii U for Virtual Console. Are you kidding me? Not happening. I think that's, like, a pretty much, like, the Essentials must-have. I would yeah. I would spend I would spend $100 on those 20 games, if I'm being perfectly honest. NBA Jam. You spend how much on those games? 100 Yeah, provided that, uh, yeah, we're getting the cute little console and um, a, rep- a replica controller. Um, ideally, for 100 bucks though, give it to me wireless, baby. Yeah, I was going to say, make it wireless and have those controllers work on the, the Switch also. And have Switch Dude. controllers work on the SNES Classic. Right there, I would pay $150 for the Classic if it came with a wireless controller compatible to Switch. 150 bucks, I'd do it. Because you're getting a fucking legitimate bluetooth controller and this stack of games that's a pipe dream right there right maybe <laughs> sweet sweet o-faced um well think about it because you're looking at you know say 60 bucks for the fucking the console and you're looking at you know say i know they're selling the joy cons for uh, uh the pair for 80 this wouldn't be a joy kind of be one controller so i you know it's a little bit inflated but 150 bucks like i'd do it i'd do it fuck it take my money Mm. I'll be irresponsible. Mm. Um, I'm, hold on, I'm looking back at my games real quick. NBA Jam, licensing thing, but uh, tournament edition. That's like you, know, you need a sports game, right? Yeah, that's that's a that's in a weird spot though because I don't think that's very SNES centric. You know, that game came out on 64. It came out on PlayStation. It was an arcade game. That's true. Uh, Genesis obviously was big on Genesis as well back when. Right. So so yeah. But it still is associated with that era, and right. Super Nintendo was the platform of choice, and so it's like... No, that, that'd be a great game to have on there. That was Midway. I don't know who has the rights for it now, though. They've tried rebooting that franchise a couple times. Well, they, they, had, a, they had a successful run on it. It came out on the Xbox uh, Arcade. Right. It was honestly pretty cool. I played it. It was NBA Jam. It was 3D and weird. It was like NBA Playgrams, but faster pace. Hmm. And so, you know, um, I, I gotta look back at these games again. I feel like there's... Like we're like there are a lot of platforms we're missing here. There's not we have Mario World and and Yoshi's Island as far as platformers. Uh, Kirby, mm, that's it. What are we missing? Donkey Kong is a platformer. Oh yeah, yeah. DKC was on there. I have it crossed off all weird. Kirby is a platformer. Man, you know I think of a lot of the classic Nintendo platformers that are actually like licensed. You know, Aladdin, Lion King. Um, yeah, the Disney um, ones are pretty good. The Konami made Disney ones were good. Yeah, some of the um, like some of the Disney uh, like Goof Troop, uh, Tiny Toons. There's a few Mickey games that are cross-platform. Tons of stuff. None of those would make it ever. In a million no, years. those are too much licensing to worry about there. 
do you think Nintendo would take the chance to partner with Marvel and do like say Maximum Carnage or the other Spider-Man Venom game or like uh, the X-Men game? Like, I don't think that I think that would probably we're reaching on that. Yeah, that seems tough. It'd be awesome, especially since like the NES, I would imagine when they um, when they ran out of stock and they had to remake a bunch of them, that the biggest reason they didn't make more is because of licensing costs. Dude, Turtles in Time. Turtles, yeah. People like Turtles. Um, but again, we didn't get any Turtles games on the NES Classic, and they had three great games on the NES, so that might be a licensing thing. Yeah. But Turtles in Time would be really cool. That's a definitive sort of beat em up. They have a lot of other options. Final Fight, any pick, pick your poison with that franchise. Mm-hmm. I think that they could do that. There weren't any uh, Kunio Kun games on Super Nintendo, were there? And like the River City Ransom sequels. Dodgeball, Super Dodgeball. That was a thing. Oh god, that, what a weird generic sounding title. Final Fight. Um, I feel like there's going to be a no-brainer once we're done recording. We're going to look up at someone else's Mario list. Mario like, Paint. Ah, you going to give us a mouse accessory? Like, Yeah, I don't know. See, I'm just th- I'm, I'm throwing stuff out there, okay? Yeah. It's not like I'm suggesting Mario is missing or something like that. Something terrible. We think that this would be an opportunity for Nintendo to resurrect some long-lost... Although they haven't done it on virtual consoles, so I don't know why they would. Uh, games like Kagane or uh, Sunset Riders, which actually just got a PlayStation release. Physical PlayStation release. Would we get a shoot-em-up like Gradius? They're, honestly, sh- shmups were not a big thing on the Super Nintendo. It's probably more of a Genesis thing, right? Yeah, uh, tur- uh, Turbo Graphics. Mm-hmm. Shmups are a big thing on the on the PC engine. Um, oh God, yeah, I'm trying to think just to like a st- just to get a broader variety of genres. Yeah, I know. We, we I think you need to dip. I think honestly, they'd have another sports game. We're missing something. Oh yeah, that's true. Like a like a football or a hockey game. Is there a good NHL game? I, I don't know. I didn't play NBA tournament. Uh, or NBA Jam Tournament Edition was the only sports game I played. Like wrestling, anything like that. I'm, uh... They had nothing classic, like like you know the NES had uh, uh, the football, Tecmo Bowl, Tecmo Bowl, yeah, Super Tecmo Bowl. Um, which that's that wasn't the one that was on the NES Classic, was it? It was Tecmo Bowl. Okay, okay. But even like golf was a fucking iconic game. They didn't have that on the NES Classic, did they? No, no, no. I'm just saying that when you think of like the NES. <laughs> Yeah, you think about it, you think about like black box golf was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was legit. At the time. I can't think of anything besides NBA Jam on the fucking Super Nintendo. For sports, yeah, me either. That's the sort of uh, iconic kind of kind of genre retarded there. Um I don't yeah, know much I, more about racing except for the two first party games that I, I would imagine they would do. Yeah, I don't know what else you'd need outside of that. Um there are like there are some sleepers like there's um what's the racing game? It's sort of a top-down isometric thing with the all. Oh, it's it would never happen because the licensing with the music. There's like ACDC and fucking. Oh uh, God, yeah, you're talking to me about that game that one time. I don't remember that at all. I want to say there's a port of that game. I can't remember. Oh, Earthworm Jim, that'd probably go on there, right? Oh, I ooh, I think about that. That was cross-platform, but that's like iconic for that era. Earthworm Jim. See, I feel like that's the kind of thing we're missing. Mm-hmm. Should I dive into to other people's list? Should I look it up now? I kind of, yeah, I kind of need to reference that now. Okay, okay I'm going to look it up. SNES Classic List. It'd be super easy to just go sequels on the other third-party games, but I want more, like, first-party stuff, really. I want, like, a 15 first-party and then 15 third-party. I feel like that'd be a, a good balance. And all of this is being released at E3. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I'm looking at the, like, a top list of all time. We've hit a lot of these games. Act Razor's on there. We didn't... 
people have a lot of nostalgia for that game and i just punch out super punch oh, out god how did we forget that talk about sports jesus Ooh, ooh, t- tetris attack yeah that'd have to they have to make it on there um something that i looked back and saw but didn't suggest because i thought it'd be too far out there but zombies ate my neighbors that's pretty well regarded that was an arcade game too wasn't it yeah yeah it was on gen it was multi-plat but how about this for a deep cut kirby's avalanche wasn't that a, a puzzle game Puyo Pop with Kirby skin. That makes a lot of sense. Pilot Wings would probably make it, oh, which would be yeah, terrible. Probably. What about a game like Harvest Moon? Do you think that they mm. still have a working relationship with Natsume? Yes. Even though it's a different team and stuff, but you think Harvest Moon would make it? Yeah, especially since Natsume is leaning hard into revitalizing that franchise. As of this year, I've heard them talk about that. Yeah. What about like a, another sleeper, like something like Demon's Crest? Or, Ooh, yeah, um, people really like Demon's Crest. And it's, it's really... Tough to get your hands on. Not that Nintendo ever regards that. What about uh, Super Ghosts and Goblins? Super Girls and Ghosts? For Capcom? Um, Super Girls and Ghosts, yeah. Um, fucking one of the all-time just hilarious covers. Demon's Crest was part of that franchise too, right? Like, kind of laterally? Oh, it's such a bad cover. I don't know, actually. Because that's... Because there's Gargoyle's Quest on Game Boy, then Gargoyle's Quest 2 on NES, and then Demon's Crest is the third in that trilogy, I believe. Here's something... Um, Illusion of Gaia. Mm-hmm. What about Terranigma for a deep cut? I was, there? I was just going to say Terranigma. <laughs> you think they would do Soul Blizzard and the sequel, which was Terranigma, which only was released, if I believe, uh, uh, Japan and Europe. Never got the, the US release. No, I think they would do a Super Famicom and a Super NES classic. And they'd have separate titles, kind of like the NES and Famicom classic had. Mm. Yeah. Honestly, I think we hit a lot of the big ones. Like Star Wars, it wouldn't get super any of the super Star Wars games. That's probably mm-hmm. above their pay grade. Way above. Soul Blizzard Terranigma, I think it would be a sleeper, but they have so many RPGs on this list already. It's Are like those both NX? Quintet. I have, who has those rights now? I have no fucking clue. Terranigma was a Europe only release, wasn't it? For an English version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Europe, yeah, it was Europe and Japan, I think the only uh, territories that got it. God, it's weird. It's yeah, weird. It's weird to think that Europe would get something we we didn't Europe had, you know. a, had a different different clientele. Uh, yeah, it's really bizarre to think about way back in the day when localization was like a way bigger deal. Yeah, oh, totally. And 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 it's such a smaller market over there. It just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Although, you know, they I think they, they did get a lot of things we didn't get, at least initially, because Japan thought we were stupid. That's why we got crap like, like Mystic Quest. They didn't think we understood RPGs. We could handle RPGs, so we didn't get any. And they literally made Final Fantasy Mystic Quest because they thought we were dumb. It was like a, well, the Americans can play this version of Final Fantasy. And it's like, well, that's kind of an insult, right? They finally understood, like, figured out, like, we understand these, these fucking games. Yeah, different times, man. That's so yeah, fun totally. to look back on, though. It's weird to think that they thought, you know, well, Europe, they can, they can handle this RPG, but the Americans... Uh, I feel like there's got to be one more title, though, that we're just completely missing over and someone's screaming at their, their iPod right now. Because they have an Here's iPod. the deal. Here's the fucking deal. <laughs> we're about two hours into this podcast. If there's something we're fucking missing, hit us up on Twitter at console crusade. Uh, you can email us at console.crusade.podcast. Is that it? I don't know. Gmail.com. Console. We have a terrible email. <laughs> console crusade podcast at gmail.com. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, or on Facebook, console crusade. Go fucking find us because we'd love to engage with you and yell yell back at you next pod which will be next week yeah we get some listener mail on this up in this bitch hell yeah leaf you hear that all right we're gonna read your angry leaf doesn't tweet i follow him on twitter yeah. he hasn't tweeted since like 2013 
Well, he's got your boy's number, so I'm sure he can he can yell at me, uh, at the both of us, rather. Yeah, that's fair. Via the textual message. Remind us what we missed. Yeah, dude. Uh, I think this is a solid fucking list. I think this is like kind of mirrors everybody else's list, but I like that. Well, it makes everyone, it makes Nintendo know that this is exactly what we want. And I think personally, they nailed a lot of the NES classic list. There, there are some questionable choices. It was obvious it was licensing issues. And they couldn't get the alternative title like, like Tetris. They couldn't get Tetris. Like makes fucking sense. Yeah. And they couldn't get like the Disney games. Yeah, which which is actually big because yeah, DuckTales is like iconic and, right. and Chippendale. Capcom just flexing their 80s muscles. Dude, fucking great games. Well, anyway, dude, it's it's been fucking... It's, it's 3.30 in the morning. This has been good. It feels good to fucking to have a chat again. Get back into it. I'm committing in front of God and the rest of the world to doing this weekly again. Yeah, I'm done for that too. Now that we're back in the swing of things. We'll and, have to chat and, about that off the air. It's nailed out a schedule. Get a schedule for sure. Um, things might be better this summer too. I'm, I'll be back pretty often this summer. I got a lot of stuff going on in Portland, so I'll be back. Try out some same room pods. Oh, totally. Like finally now we've got, we got the mics for it. And I think we'll try to get some of that stuff going. Get a guest on that isn't two unruly dudes. Two unruly dudes. I would love to get Trevor back on. Trevor's not listening to this, of course, but um, I would love to have him back on. Uh, we need to get Leaf on fucking finally. Yeah. It needs to happen. You hear that, you motherfucker? Chat about Switch stuff. Talk about hopes and dreams. Totally. All right, guys. Well, this has been the fucking Console Crusade podcast. As always, I am EJ Olson, and this is Nick Durheim. Whoop, whoop, no ka Well, I mean, uh, uh, ka-chow.